Restaurant Unstoppable episode 916 with Chris Schoenberger. Let the business tell you what direction you need to go in. Don't tell the business the direction it needs to go in. Are you ready for it? it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And I have to say, I haven't come across a restaurateur using Seven Shifts that hasn't been completely satisfied. Trusted by over 500,000 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the complete toolkit you need to easily manage your team's schedules, timesheets, communications, tasks, tips, and more all in one place. And because you are restaurant on Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.7shifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. This episode is brought to you by Pop Menu. Trying to meet the demands of in-person hospitality can be demanding, which is why I recommend Pop Menu Answering. Pop Menu Answering turns every restaurant phone call into an opportunity. It uses artificial intelligence to answer the simple questions that are tying up your phone lines like, can I make a reservation or where are you located? And over 50% of restaurant guests are happy to have their questions answered by an automated system. Prevent lost customers and impress your guests with pop menu answering. And for a limited time, my listeners can get $100 off your first month, plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. Go now to get your $100 off for your first month and to learn more about Pop Menu's full collection of tools at popmenu.com backslash unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Restaurant Systems Pro, and they are launching their first time ever 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the Restaurant System Pro software and setting up the systems for your restaurants. Fred will teach you recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, it, more butts and seats, and that's not it. If you are interested in this, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, founder and owner of Barbecued Productions, Chris Schoenberger. Chris, are you feeling unstoppable today? Absolutely. Yes, man. I am super excited for today's conversation. I already got to get some of your story just by being here. So for a little context, I'm out in somewhere in between Milwaukee and Chicago. Kenosha. (laughs) Kenosha. Thank you very much. Uh, And I came out here, uh, Fred Langley 
flew, flew me out to basically just be a part of, be a fly on the wall of what's been going on here with Restaurant Systems Pro and uh, the community, the, the, the Restaurant Systems Pro elite group, a mastermind group that comes together. And it's been super inspiring, man, just to see the camaraderie amongst you guys and just to see how willing you are to share knowledge and to support each other. And it, it absolutely 100% goes along with the ethos of Restaurant Unstoppable. So it just feels so great to be here. How, how's it been going for you for the, the, the past couple of days? Good man. I mean, uh, the elite the elite meeting is obviously something that I look forward to. Uh, we do it, you know, four times a year. Yeah. Uh, this time around is at my restaurant. So yeah. What's that like? It adds a whole new level of stress. Yeah. Um, especially for me because I'm like I'm a perfectionist. Oh my god. And so it's like, I don't even know if you realize who some of the people are that you're in front of. You don't realize until you realize, man. Even like- my staff doesn't realize it, and that's like what's like the most inspiring man ever. Steve Brown, you know, Sparza's in, in Grapevine, Texas. He, I mean, I, I just to talk to him. Yeah. And, and when you talk to him, to him, he's just a normal dude. Yeah. But to understand, like, the guy does a million dollars in margarita sales. That's crazy. Just margaritas, a million dollars. And so uh, he's so humble. He's got a lot of great stories, you know. And then you have, you have Steve Brown and then you have Mark Wink. Yeah. You know, owner of Uncle Bub's Barbecue. And again, Uncle Bub's only an hour from me. Yeah, he's down south, right? Yeah, he's in yeah. Westmont. And yeah. and so, you know, he... These guys are just incredible. I mean, yeah. truly, like, I, I can't put it into words. Like, this group is truly something special. Yeah. And to have them in my restaurants, it's better than having, like, John Taffer or, <laughs> you know... Um, uh, Guy Fieri. Yeah, these guys like not only are they my friends, but like they're gonna tell me the truth of everything. You they're know? restaurant owner, restaurant. They're they're the restaurant owner's restaurant owner. I it, think is the way to explain it. But I, again, I can't put it into words. Yeah. I truly wish that other people slash restaurant owners can experience what I'm going through right now in this group. So when I met this group eight years ago. It completely transformed my life. Yeah, we're actually talking to Steve tomorrow, Steve Brown tomorrow. So a little a little <laughs> teaser there. He he, uh, what I do when I tell you, like he is the most incredible. So if you're talking to him tomorrow, you have to ask him the story of when he was in his Bentley. Okay. And the and the license plate of no edu. It's okay. It's I a, hope I can remember it's that. A, <laughs> it is a classical story. So oh man, um, it was a classic story. But anyways, I, and I I let him tell you because he tells a lot better. But again, I, this group is truly something special. So I I. I don't know where you're going to start at. No, but. man. I feel like you already kind of got that motivational, inspirational ball rolling. Typically, I have my guests share a quote or a mantra to get that motivational ball rolling. So why don't we just do that? Why don't you, yeah. even though I feel pretty motivated right now after what you just shared with us, but why don't you drop some type of motivational or inspirational quote on us to get that motivational ball rolling? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I guess I, I can give you the motivational quote, but I got to give you the story of where the quote came from. Which comes first? The story of where the quote okay. comes from. Hit us. So, um, I got laid off from police department in 2009. Yep. Um, wanted to be an entrepreneur all my life. And my mom was the inspiration behind everything that I have mm. done in my life. Okay. I was a mama's boy, still am to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the baby of the family, three brothers. And I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I got laid off from the police department. I was a community service officer for two years for a local police station. And knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. At the time, my mom... And I were kind of brainstorming like what we wanted to do. 
because she was in it with me, and she's from New York City. Okay. And in New York City, they had this thing called Mr. Softy. Okay. Which is a soft serve ice cream truck. Got it. Well, we started to come up with like this design and concept of how we we're going to do it. Well, the health department, health department shut us down and said, we won't give you a license for it. You can't serve uh, dispensed ice cream out of a truck. So that shot that things down for us. And so we're kind of thinking like what we want to do. And so she's like, well, why don't you open up a catering company? And I'm like, well, nobody uses caterers. Yeah. She's like, but you like to cook. Like, nobody but, uses caterers. Can you believe you're saying this right now? <laughs> it, it, <laughs> but again, that's that's. That was me in 2009. Yeah. yeah you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So here we are 22, 23 years, or I'm sorry, 13 years later. But what, what percentage of is, is your business from catering today? 10%. Okay. Still pretty good. Yeah. Caters. Um, <laughs> so long story short, we, yeah. we kind of went back and forth. We started doing like, you know, little caterings and cooking on the side and for fun. And uh, I was having a party at my house one day and my buddy Taylor comes up to me and he goes, hey, you're doing a really good job on that grill. You want to cook for me at my wedding? Um, sure. I, I love to cook, you yeah. know, like I'm, no, no issues. Like I'll cook. He's like, all right, cool. He's like, uh, then, you know, we're going to do a beachfront wedding and you can cook for it. Cool. Well, the one thing I never asked him is how many people? Oh, whoops. Yeah. So like three weeks before his wedding, I'm like, Hey Taylor, I was like, let's start talking about your wedding. Like, what do you want me to cook? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, first of all, how many people you guys got coming? He's like, Oh, just 300. That's it. Huh? And I'm like, wait, <laughs> 300 people. And he's like, yeah. So I was like, all right, he's like, can you handle it? I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. I've done this plenty of times. <laughs> well, I called my brother, and I was like, hey, man, I need your help cooking you know, for Taylor's wedding. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, like, he's having a wedding, and I told him I'd cook for it. He's like, what do you know about cooking for a wedding? <laughs> and so long story short, we wake up, so we went back and forth, and my brother's like, you're crazy, but I'll help you. And it went amazing. Nice. People were asking for my card, and I'm like, I don't do this for a living. So I was just writing it on a piece of paper. And people started to cook. Uh, dude, we had a huge spread. So it was a it was a traditional style tailgate style. So like burgers, brats, hot dogs. Yeah, I remember uh, one of the things I made back in the day. Uh, you guys had it tonight actually was the deep fried pizza, those little yeah. rolls. Yeah, uh, and they ordered I think it was like five hundred of them. Wow! And so people started calling me after his wedding just to order my pizza rolls. You and made those from scratch. Yeah, like yeah. little like uh, calzones, like little. Yeah, uh, they're they're in, in a wonton wrapper and like a spring roll wrapper. That's right, I saw those. Yeah. And um, yeah, we we hand make them, hand roll them. So, um, so like I said, so we had that going real well. And so my mom's like, hey, you know, we're doing really well. You know, we're doing like festivals and doing little parties, but we we're having fun with it. But we were making money. Yeah. And so you know, we were like trying to figure out like what the next step was, and she's like, well, let's open up a catering hall. Because at the time we were doing it out of our house, yeah, and it's so like commissary like, basically, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we found this place in, in Third Lake, and the rent was three grand a month, and I'm like, well, heck, I can make three grand a month in catering. Let's do this. Well, as we were building this place out, it used to be a small little restaurant, had forty seats, and I remember like it was yesterday. And my mom says, "Hey, I got a crazy idea," and I'm like, "All right, what's what's your crazy idea this time?" I know we're going to do this catering place, and I know we're going to do the catering facility, but there's forty seats out there. Let's open up a restaurant. <laughs> and I said, what are you smoking? My mom doesn't drink. My mom doesn't do any drugs, and she doesn't smoke cigarettes. But I always had that relationship with her. And she's like, come on. She's like, we can do this. And I said, how are you and I going to open up a restaurant when we've never done this before? And this is where... How are you going to start a catering company when you've never done it before? But we were doing it <laughs> yeah. for fun. You know, like, so that, that was different. you know. Yeah, yeah. And so this is where that inspirational quote comes in. And she said... I will help you. And I know that might sound like montage or like, you know, whatever, it's dumb. But here's where the story comes in. So she said, I'll help you. And my mom and I had that relationship that was really special 
you know, like my mom was known as dude, you know, from all my friends and even my wife, you know, we called her dude. And that's just how she was. So long story short of it, we decided to go in full speed of the restaurant. She's going to help me. Our first day opened uh, July 14th, 2014. It was crazy. We had a line out the door. We sold out of everything that we had. Wow. And it was incredible. I'm so, sorry, July 13th of 2014. Okay. So it's amazing. I tell my mom, I was like, hey, you need to go home, get some rest because she was tired. Wait, July 13th of 2014. Yeah. So five years after the wedding. Five years after the wedding, yeah. Okay. So we were doing like festivals. And that's what I said, fast it. forward. Yeah. You know, we were doing like festivals. We did a lot of festivals. Uh, backyard parties for friends and I was working a full-time job at that point you know I had gotten a job at a cable company okay uh, doing door-to-door sales got it and so you know uh, first night I said was a success she's and I tell my mom I said hey you need to go home and get some rest and we'll uh, tomorrow you're gonna tell me how you made the sides I'm gonna tell you how how I made all the main items so that we kind of brainstorm together yeah cool so mom went home next day mom never came in I asked my wife, I'm like, hey, like, mom was supposed to come in today, right? She's like, yeah. So we just kind of went through things, thought everything was fine. You know, I thought my mom was just kind of taking the day off because she was beat. Yeah. And so that night we went home and we're like, we never heard from her. And my mom was a big Facebook person. Oh, yeah. So we went on Facebook and we're like, all right, she didn't post nothing today. Wow. So we drove over to her house and unfortunately. Don't like where this is going. Yeah. And unfortunately, I found my mom passed away. Oh, my goodness. And um, it was. Uh, the point of my life where I didn't know how to move forward. Mm. She was the heartbeat behind what I did. Yeah. And so um, she passed away from a thing called sepsis, which is an infection of the blood. Okay. And um, I mean, she died within a matter of less than 24 hours. I mean, that's how fast it was. Wow. And so, uh, you know, we had our services, you know, we did everything we needed to do to take care of bearing mom. And, you know, I decided to kind of go f- full fledged in this restaurant. And I'm gonna have to figure this out. Mm. I wanted to give up and I wanted to quit, but I had a lot of people that were pushing me to move forward. And again, we opened up again uh, after Mom passed away about a month later in August. I think it was August fourth of fourteen. Same thing. First time we opened, sell out crowd, sold yeah. everything we had, and all of a sudden I realized I'm gonna help you. Mm. And to this day, I literally hear those words every day that I wake up. Yeah. And if you were to ask me, you know, when I created Barbecue Productions in 2014, I created something that we call a WOG, a W-O-G. And I learned it from my Comcast days at the cable company. And it stands for Wildly Outrageous Goal. Mm. And my wildly outrageous goal was I wanted to have five restaurants in 10 years. Mm. And here we are. Is this the eight, eight years later. Okay. Number four or three. I'm actually working on number six. Number six. So you have three, four barbecue locations. I have three barbecue productions. Three, okay, that's right. I have Station, Station 51. And then you're talking about the mansion. I have the mansion. That's five. Five. And then we just bought, uh, we're closing on, on the 30th of, what month are we on? 30th of August. Yeah. Uh, we just closed on another restaurant. It's going to be Station 52. Nice, dude. Congratulations. So, thank so, you. So I want to go one level deeper. Uh, the, the quote is, I will help you. I will help you. How is she helping you? 
So I believe that everyone, um, that God has a plan for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I do believe in, you know, Jesus Christ and I went to Catholic high school and stuff like that. So, um, I believe that life is like a a fuel gauge. You have empty and you have full, full is unfortunately when you pass away and empty is when you're born. And in between that fuel gauge, you're going to experience things. You're going to see people. You're going to meet people. You're going to have these experiences in your lifetime. And each one of those things is part of that timeline of life. And so I was very blessed to have an amazing mother. I got the experience uh, 20, was it 26 years with her. Um, but at the end of the day, I know that it's now I realize that nothing's forever. You know, even my wife, you know, or even my or child, I, I hope that they bury me, but, you know, I don't know what the future predicts. And so um, I believe that she is doing exactly what she said she was going to do and that she's helped me from up above. Because mm. um, just the things that have happened to me in my life, over the since she's passed away, there is no explanation for it. Just faith that it's going to work out. Faith that something, up, it's, it's some, even, someone up there. It's not is, even faith, and yeah. I can't. I, I I truly can't describe it. But when Trust? I trust, no, it's not even that. Like, you know, when 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 there's goals that like nobody should hit, and we hit it. You know, like again, I, I, my, my first restaurant, Barbecue Productions in Third Lake, you know, our first year in business, we did $2.7 million in sales. Wow. I've never done this in my life. That's crazy. But I just do what mom would have done, you know, and she always said, if you do everything you do with love, you'll never fail. And so, you know, I will help you. Like, the, the, all the things that she used to say, just echo. it just makes sense yeah. now. You know, it's like, I never thought that, like, you know, like how your parents tell you something, you're like, oh, you know what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. And now that she's gone, it's like, holy shit, holy shit. Like, you could say it worse. Right. I was like, holy shit. Like, she actually made sense. Like, yeah. And it's like the things that like, like one of the last fights we had was about my cell phone. Yeah. And, you know, she's like one day I was always on my phone and my mom was like, you know, one day you'll realize that you don't need your phone to survive. And now at Station 51, we don't have a phone at this restaurant. And it's my homage to my mother to prove to myself that she was right. I yeah. don't need a phone to survive and I can open up this restaurant and run this restaurant with no phone and we're killing it. Yeah. You know, it, it's truly, I mean, you were there today. I mean, yeah. that restaurant is, is been the most fun that I have ever had in any of my restaurants. And every day that I go there, I just sit there and I look around. And I'm like, this place freaking rocks. Oh man, I can't wait to drill down, man. Let's start to pull back some layers. Let's go all the way back to 2009. Uh, 2009, you go into business with your catering. Um, I mean, and you did that for five years before starting your first restaurant. Yeah. So let's just reflect over that five years. What was it like when you went into it, and what, how did you transform? How did you grow as a catering company? So I got to tell you, when you operate out of your house in your own kitchen, it's a lot of fighting with people because yeah. they're like, what is all this shit doing in our kitchen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> trying to wash dishes, you know, that you, oh see, you see our sheet pans, right? Yeah. Like trying to wash those in my little itty bitty kitchen sink. Yeah. It's pain. I bet, man. And so, but you know what? It's a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And my uncle gave me some of the best advice ever when I first started in this, you know, catering. And it was, you know, when I first started, I had a little grill, one of those little Weber grills, you know, the charcoal ones. Yeah, yeah. And I had it in the back of my truck. And, you know, within the first like, couple weeks, I was talking to my uncle about things, and he owns a business down in uh, Lombard. And I'm like, hey, uncle, like, I, I want to go out and get this trailer for my, my catering company. And he knew what I was doing with my mom. And he's like, but why? I'm like, oh, well, just because I want to have all this equipment and stuff like that. He goes, but do you have the business? Well, no, not yet. And he goes, let the business tell you what direction you need to go in. 
don't tell the business the direction it needs to go in. Mm. And so I started out with a little grill in the back of my truck, and I would literally cook everything I possibly could on that grill until I just absolutely couldn't do it anymore, and then I'd get a next piece of equipment that I needed to make it happen. Yes. And then I just slowly kept doing that as time and time went on. So like even my first restaurant, like I know I'm going forward and backwards, but even the first restaurant, I opened that with 40 grand. Wow. You know, from start to finish, 40 grand. I, the chairs had somebody else's name on it from another restaurant that closed. The tables had another barbecue restaurant's name on it. Like, I spray painted my chairs. Yeah, man. But I made it work. But I also, this was like one of the biggest lessons I've learned, which is just start. Just start where you can and let, yep. and this is kind of like me filling the, the, the gaps a little bit, but let cash flow determine your growth. You don't overextend. If yep. you, like, let the, let the business determine or what, what was the let the, the business tell you the direction the business needs to go yeah. don't tell the business and that's how the, i interpreted that yeah. like is, is that the, the, the interpretation 100 yeah. percent. you know so it's like don't get ahead of your skis yeah like I, I got friends that own restaurants and like you know some of them now I, i'm a little guilty of this year station 51 but yeah. mine was an, a, a vision of what i was trying to do with this place and you know it was authenticity of a firehouse so i had to spend the money to make it what it needed to be yeah. Um, but you know, there's sometimes these people like that build restaurants and I, and I see, you know, they build a, a million dollar kitchen. It's like, why? Yeah. You know, you, you, you can go get a kitchen for, you know, a heck of a lot less money than that pennies on the dollar by buying used equipment and cleaning yeah. it up. You know, sometimes it's elbow grease. Um, but you know, for me, it was literally just scraping by cause I knew what I wanted to do and I knew that I had loved the sport or the art of whatever you want to call it of actually cooking. And I never in a million years thought it would turn into kind of what it has turned into today. Yeah, man. So back to catering, because I think a lot of people do start catering. Yeah. As far as overhead, there's a lot less overhead. There's so many commissary kitchens today that you can rent out with ghost kitchens popping up and things. <laughs> what advice do you have for somebody who wants to take that route of catering besides start letting cash flow determine your growth? Like, What things did you not consider that you wish you had known about when you're getting into catering? So the best thing that I ever did when I started that was doing festivals. Mm. So that transforms into the restaurant industry because when you do a festival, you know, where you're doing, just say, for example, a one-day festival for six hours, yeah. and you serve 500 to 600 people in those few hours, you get your ass whooped. Yeah, but it's also the best return on investment. 100%. Time. Yeah. 100%. But that's where you really learn about, hey, I need to execute this stuff, and I need to execute it now. Yeah. Um, so for us, you know, like we were doing, you know, Philly cheesesteak sandwiches, and we were going through, you know, 200, 300 Philly cheesesteak sandwiches every hour. So what was your focus? Was it barbecue or what was like? Were you so, a barbecue, so barbecue production started out by creating backyard barbecues. We produced barbecues. So when you're saying barbecue, you're talking like smoking or you're talking about grilling? So that's what's really cool okay. is the word barbecue to everybody has a different meaning. Yeah. So to you, it could mean smoking. Yeah. To me, it, mean, it could be cooking on a grill. To somebody else, it could mean a smoker. Somebody else could mean barbecue sauce. Yeah. So the word barbecue has so many different meanings to it. So when we started out, we created backyard barbecue. So our original menu was burgers, brats, hot dogs, Philly cheesesteaks, sandwiches, blah, blah, blah. When we opened up the restaurant, that's what we served. And people came in and they're like, well, where's the brisket? Where's the pork? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, we produce backyard barbecues. They're like, so there's no barbecue here? And so that was, the, that was my mama yeah. still around. And she's like, we might want to switch this up yeah. and do some barbecue. I was like, all right, cool. I'll go on Google and I'll, and I'll read about it. So ironically, if you go to, I spent some time like Southeast Asia. When you say barbecue, it's 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 direct like heat barbecue, yeah. like over open coals and yep. flames. It's a it's one of those things. You're right. It's one of those words that has universal meaning. And I love it when it's someone not says universal, but it's different. I guess everywhere, yeah. But I love it when someone says I don't like barbecue. And I'm like, awesome. What don't you like? Yeah. Because 
barbecue has so many different meanings. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I don't like sauce. Okay, well, did you know that a lot of barbecue doesn't even have sauce? Yeah. You know, it's about seasonings and flavors and spices yeah. and some smoke. Well, I don't like smoke. Okay, but didn't you like sauces? So there's so many different versions of it. Um, like one of my favorite types of barbecue is Mongolian barbecue. What? And Why is that? It's just so good. <clears throat> what it's, is Mongolian barbecue? You remember like BD's Mongolian barbecue? No. Oh, so it's like a buffet. <laughs> I love buffets. <laughs> it's like a buffet of like raw food. And then they cook it on this big, huge flat top grill. Oh, okay. It's probably 12 feet in diameter. And they nice. just, it's Mongolian style. Like. I love it. So back to like, thinking about the business of, uh, of catering. Um, I mean, we're learning lessons about just starting, uh, paying attention to what your market will. If you listen, they'll tell you what they want. Yep. Um, any other lessons before 2014 when you opened your first restaurant? No, I mean, honestly, I just started slow. You know, yeah. I... I I don't want to say I didn't want to take too much. I didn't bite off more than I can chew because I obviously did that with the first wedding that I did. And you were um, still working. You had your full-time job. It wasn't like you were 100% No, caring. yeah. So I, I did it because it was fun. Yeah. You know, like the minute you stop, like they always say like if you're, if you do something that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. And it's true. Like, yeah, I work my butt off for what I do, but I truly am having a blast. What is it that you love? What, what, what part of it is doing it for you? So I think the biggest thing about it is, A, I like being in business for myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of the best things about being a business owner is that the buck stops here. One of the worst things about being a business owner is the buck stops here. So, what do you mean by that? The bucks are... So, I, I, I make all the decisions. Okay. So, like, I obviously have the final say-so. Now, over the years, I've kind of let my staff really have a voice on what they like, what happens. Um, but ultimately, I'm the one that has to make that final decision. You're responsible. I'm responsible for it. It's my, yeah. it's my financial investment. It's, you know... Like I tell everyone today, or you know, at my stores, is if we close tomorrow because something happens and and, and, the, and the business closes or collapses, I said you guys can all go out and find a job tomorrow. I still got the business to take care of. Yeah. You know, I still got I own the building. It's like I can't just walk away and say, "Oops, hey, landlord, you take it." No, I own it. Yeah. Um. So it, it it it's a different financial stake. It's a different investment stake, and it's a it's a different mentality into the actual business itself. So in the year 2014, during like the, the spring and summer, like what was your, what was your barbecue business like? What was like, how, how much have you had grown it? Like yeah. So your, we were doing, we were doing a lot of festivals. I mean, when I say a, a lot of how festivals, many festivals are there out here, a lot. Are I mean, for, you got to realize that from, I would say the biggest kickoff weekend is Memorial day. Okay. And there's even a lot that goes into, I mean, back then I usually stop right around September, maybe October. But there's stuff that goes all the way into December now. Yeah. And so, you know, there's holiday festivals, there's uh, Thanksgiving festivals, there's uh, Oktoberfest, there's German Fest. I mean, there's all these different things. So we would do anything we possibly could. But at the same time, I had a full time job. So it's kind of like what I was doing for fun and like, if, you know, whatever I got done or whatever things I could do was all extra. And yeah. that's kind of like what got me to where I was at. You now. do like one festival a week or one a month? No, I. So. Depending on the festival, you know, like if there was one on a Friday, we would hit one up on Friday. We'd do one on Saturday. And we'd, try, like we'd always try to do one a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But some of the festivals we did, we'd set up on Tuesday, and we were tearing out on Sunday or Monday. And oh, then we'd wow. do the same thing the next week while I'm still working my full-time job. Wow, that's crazy. So I think there, there is a lesson here, too. I think a lot of people 
d- discount the opportunity that is festivals as not like that's a great place to get started to test out recipes to yep. refine things to create brand awareness to work on your following to collect emails and phone numbers from people that are coming to your booth it's a great time to or a great way to build a business that i think it's right up there like farmer's markets and yep. pop-ups, you know? Like, just get out there. And they're everywhere now. Yeah, starting a restaurant doesn't mean starting with a brick and mortar. It yep. means starting where you can. And the cool thing was, like I said, I mean, I started out as a mobile catering company. So, like, our whole motto was is we bring the barbecue to you. Yeah. You know? And so, it's funny because when I first started, I started out and I said, I'm only going to be a mobile catering company. Yeah. Well, then that changed. <laughs> and then I started out saying, I'll never do a job that's, you know, if somebody wants to catering for five people, I'll do it. Well, then that changes. You know, it's different when you have overhead and you yeah, have you yeah. know, employees and, you know, all these bills and stuff like that. So even things that I think that I would never do or that I told myself that I, I would not do, I have to change, I guess, if evolution happens. And, yeah. And, and, and never just say about, never. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the stuff that I do today, like, is not the same that I did two months ago. So what advice do you have for us uh, for getting into a festival? If, if we're listening to this and like, yeah, you're like. I have an idea. Like, that's within my reach. I could do that. I can get a table. I can get a grill. Like, I can start there. Like, what things do you need to take into consideration? Like, getting, actually getting your foot in the door. Is it hard to get it into a festival? No, so it's actually really easy. I mean, okay. the biggest thing you got to have is you got to have uh, a commercial commissary kitchen, which I, you know, had some friends that had restaurants that allowed me to do things. Um, when you have somebody who signs up and says that you can use their kitchen, you know, uh, there's some stretching that you could do, you know, it's, you know, but regardless, you're still doing food safety. Um, as long as you had a commercial kitchen, you can go back and wash dishes. Yeah. And as long as you had somebody on paper that said that you had a place you can wash dishes. You're doing finger qu- air quotes right now. Does that mean you're not actually using that facility to wash dishes? But you're I, mean, I don't know where this is going, so uh, <laughs> wink, wink. That is exactly yeah. what you did. Wink, wink. Uh, that is exactly yeah, what you did. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, at the end of the day, like the way that I thought, the way that my mind thought is, as long as I'm doing the things safe yeah. and I'm taking food safety, who cares? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. They put those rules in place for the, the, like the really just correct. Un- you know, yeah. and, and like I've seen my fair share of people who should not be doing this. Like I remember one story, my health department telling me that they had a guy that had uh, raw chicken sitting in his locked up car Ugh. and they ended up having like, they got into like not a chase, but like they had to chase this guy down so he wouldn't use it. It's like, as long as you're smart about things and you do things the right way, like you, like I would buy the food the day of the festival. I had the receipt so I can show them, you know, and I do all my prepping at the festival and stuff like that. But festivals are a great way to make money and a great way to get started. You can make your money fast and you can lose your money fast. How do you lose your money fast? So think about it. You do a three-day festival and it rains all three days. Uh, you're screwed. Yeah. So you're, and, not, you're not returning that meat. No, here's, here's a prime example. Like we just did Elkhorn Rib Fest. Uh, it's a big festival. It's a barbecue festival. Last year, we crushed it. I mean, we couldn't keep up. And I don't remember the exact dollar figures. I want to say in the four-day festival, we probably did fifty or 60000 Wow. So this year, like we thought ahead. They, they made the festival one extra day. We over-prepped. We did things just to make things easier for my guys, and we didn't even hit ten grand. Wow. And the weather was nice. It's just so unpredictable. What do you do with that food? So luckily for us, I mean, we have you know three restaurants. The the food that we have is the same food we sell in the restaurants. Okay. So we have the ability, obviously. Now it's different. You know, we're back when I had the festival. Now again, these are things where you know you learn things as you go and stuff like that. Yeah. So the people at Sam's that's Club, why you're here, man. You're yeah. you're helping us prevent the mistakes that you yeah. Made. People at Sam's Club did not like me my first few years <laughs> of business because what a lot of people don't realize is Sam's Club you can return things. Oh. No matter what, so. You know, when I would do a festival, I'd go out and buy, you know, 40 cases of hamburger, 
go to the festival and I'd sell 30 and I would return the other 10. Okay. You know, so technically it's, you can do it. Yeah. They didn't like me for it, but I used the things that were in my control, the, the, yeah. the rules that they had and I, and I took advantage of it so I can survive and make yeah. money. Um, you know, but those are the things where, you know, the festivals, again, you can, you can make money quick. You can also lose money quick. So some of the, things i think you just asked me a little bit ago is like what's some of the things you look for when you're doing a festival how do you get started in it yeah so one of the things that i always looked for was whose band what band is playing okay and for me that's what i tracked so for me if i look at a festival and i don't know any of the bands are playing i'm out yeah you know so like uh hear some of our local you know big bands bell Kane, modern day romeos wedding band some of those bands that you know will bring just because of their name recognition, they'll bring yeah. three, four, five thousand people. Okay. You know, one of my first big festivals I did was Will Rock Fest. You know, and you know, Shine Down was there, and Chevelle was there. You know, and I catered that. And it's like you know, I did a festival there, and it's like those people you know are going to bring people. Yeah. So, so is it these festivals that you think is that what made you? have lines out the door from day one? Did you have brand recognition? Did people know who you were? So they knew who you were when you opened up the restaurant. But the other thing was, is that, again, you know, I was from the area that I opened it. So, uh, and I and I try to be, you know, the community is a huge part of my business of why I am where I am today because the community is that important to me. So, like, I'm involved in my community. Like, you know, I, I help sponsor things. I donate things. We're going back to 2009. In 2009, what were you, 24 years old? Oh God! Twenty five years old. I can't even do that. <laughs> I mean, I know. Yeah, what, I was. What, I was. I was in my twenties. Yeah. Yeah, like because I think we graduated college around the same time. I was oh three. I was. I went to Carmel. I went to high school and graduated oh two. Oh two. So you're high a year ahead. Of, high school oh two. Yeah. yeah. So you're a year ahead of me. So yeah, we're about to. So I mean, in, in two thousand nine, you're still like you're in your mid to late twenties. Or I mean, how how much of a part of your community were you at that? Well, point? so I was born and raised in the community. That so I, I was born and raised in Round Lake Beach. Okay. So then I worked for the police department, you know, uh, in two thousand eight, two thousand nine in Round Lake Beach. Okay. Uh, I was living in Round Lake Beach when I started all this. So, you know, I, I was doing things, you know, in Round Lake Beach when I was ten years old. I was a paper boy. Yeah. You know, and I, and I had a paper route. You can't do that nowadays, but I had a paper route, so people knew who I was every single day, just from doing paper route and being out there. And and again. I was this little kid back in the you know nineties that would just talk to anybody. Mm. Um, so kind of reminds me of your uh, your son. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're He's talking about. I do not know what you're talking about. So much personality. In that he, he 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 is a spitting image. Uh, he got a hold of my microphones and my my computer before we sat down here, yeah. and he was doing wrestling commentary. Killing it. Maybe he, we'll throw a little bit of that in the pre-roll before. We- he 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 is honestly my my pride and joy, and I'm I'm so proud of him for. Like, he's just, but but what you see is how I was. Okay. My mom used to have to yell at me all the time. How many times did I tell you not to talk to strangers? But she's my friend. You don't know her. She just walked down the street. She's like she's coming over for a barbecue later, mom. She's it's gonna like, be one of my clients. Yeah, and I'm like, just I'm, trust I'm, me. One day, like I'm laying seeds. Yeah, mom. but like even when I was a kid, like. I started my first business when I was, I think, seven or eight years old, nice. and I sold rocks. I, you know, I'd, I'd walk down the street, I'd find some of the nicest rocks, I'd paint them, I'd do stupid things with them. But at seven, eight years old, seven years old and eight years old, I could sell rocks because I was cute. Yeah, they're gonna buy that rock. I can't sell barbecue because I'm cute. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> um, so I mean, I always just kind of taking that entrepreneurial spirit yeah. and kind of just you know doing it. Every day to the best of your ability. I stole I stole my dad's jerky, his venison jerky, when I was in, uh, I think, like third grade or something like that. 
Did jerky's go good. Over well. Jerky's really good. He would make all this jerky to come home from work. Like, where the hell's my jerky? I was like, I made fifty bucks at school. <laughs> Keep it rolling. That's awesome. Uh, so okay, I think we can start moving on to two thousand thirteen, or sorry, two thousand fourteen. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to kind of talk about. Um, I mean, Yuri kind of shared the story a little bit, but we're gonna pull back some layers. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure profitability and restaurant success, especially with this labor shortage. You need to rely and trust technology more than ever before. And dialing in your labor management is one of the most positive, dramatic impacts you can make on your business's bottom line. And when it comes to labor management, Seven Shifts is one of the most, if not the most, organically recommended labor management platforms on the show. Trusted by over 500,000 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the complete toolkit you need to easily manage your team's schedules, timesheets, communication, tasks, tips, and more all from one place. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system you're already using like toast to make smart operating decisions and turn labor management into a competitive advantage for your business. Restaurant Unstoppable members get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.7shifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. We're back, and now I'm curious. Um, you kind of already shared the story. Like, you were never planning on opening a restaurant. You got the space to use as a commissary to do all of your prep, and um, your mom has this idea. We got the restaurant. We got the seats. Let's, let's open. And then you're open. You had to line out the door the first day. Um, when you guys made that decision, that last, that last second split decision to become a restaurant, mm-hmm. did you have to do anything different? Did you have to make some last second pivots and changes? Yeah, so uh, the funny thing is when we originally were going to uh, open the restaurant, we were going to do it as a quick serve. Okay. And so at the time, my manager at the time, Bill, um, we were we actually, I remember exactly like yesterday, we were installing the water spigot for the soda machine yeah. for the self-serve. And Bill says, hey, man, I, I don't think this is what we should be doing. I think we should go full service. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. He goes, let's let's do servers and bartenders. And I'm like, holy cow. First, we went from catering <laughs> to, hey, let's do a counter service restaurant. Now we're going to do a full service with a bar. <laughs> and to this day, if you walk into our Third Lake store, the water spigot is still sitting at table 11. <laughs> the water spigot. The water spigot for the self-serve soda oh machine because we installed it already. That's crazy. Uh, and so it's, it's kind of a little montage. And so, you know, um, you know, unfortunately, Bill's not with us anymore, but I'm still friends with him yeah. um, and, and to this day. And, and he owns his own business now. And so he's one of the reasons why I'm where I am today. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you got into um, how what was it after the first day of opening your mom passed? Yeah. So the night, the night that we had our first soft opening. And, um, you said you had a line out the yep. door that first day. Was it? Were you promoting it? Was it just word? Yeah, so, social media. You know, obviously, like I said, we were doing festivals, so people yeah. knew the name. Yeah, we we're doing catering. So again, that brand recognition from being out of the festivals, because people would always ask, like, "Hey, where's your restaurant?" And like, "Oh, we only do." And even to this day, like, if you go to a festival, there's a lot of people who don't have a brick and mortar. You know, it's so like one of my really good buddies, uh, Chris. He does a lot of festivals, and he has no brick and mortar restaurant. People ask him all the time, like, "Hey, where do you get this stuff at?" He's like, "I only do these festivals." Yeah, so. Going from that 
to the brick and mortar to me was almost easier. Mm-hmm. And so this may not make sense either, but like things that you think are going to be harder in this industry sometimes turn out to be easier. So let me back up a little bit. So when I say I was, when I was doing festivals, going to the restaurant for me was easier yeah. than the festivals because I had everything in one Logistically, spot. It, Logistically, yeah. it, was, it was amazing. No, like, it makes complete sense. And this is something I get into a lot of times with uh, food trucks, but I think I'm cutting you short. Keep going. Yeah, but like, for example... I didn't have to go to Sam's Club anymore. Yeah. Like, no more returning. $10, no, and it's like cases. so. Like, I'd order fifty cases of burgers, and they deliver it to me, and they bring it to me, and then they put it in my walk-in freezer, and I'm like, "That's cool." <laughs> so it's like you snap your fingers, yeah, and then all of a sudden your food's there, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's cool." And yeah. then they they bring your food, and I'm like, "All right, hey, like, who do I pay?" They're like, "Oh, you got thirty days," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so I can go to my festival. Make my money and then pay you guys? They're like, yeah, that comes with it. And I'm like, that's sweet. <laughs> so it's like logistically, it was amazing. Yeah. So like learning that phase, like holy cow, like having the brick and mortar restaurant made things easier. But I'm glad that I didn't go into the brick and mortar first and then do catering because yeah. it would have been harder. Mm. So for me, it's that series of steps that I mm-hmm. got to, to get to where I'm at. Because when I went from one restaurant to two, that was a little bit harder. We'll, we'll- tap the brakes on that but yeah. i think side note cliff bar same applies to food trucks i think a lot of people think food trucks are going to be easier than restaurants are like oh lower like overhead more attainable easier reach logistically that's a pain in the ass because you're doing the same thing you're going you're getting the food you're paying for it up front you're yep. you're prepping it at a commissary you're packing it you're going on site you're going you're bringing things back you're cleaning it's a lot of it's like you just like time on the road like mm-hmm really think twice before getting a food truck if you think that that's going to be the easier path. I, I almost recommend doing what you what yep. you did. It's a progression. Yeah, catering and festivals and Especially because, like, I was able to try things out that I never, like, even to this day, like, obviously, like I said, at Station 51, like, we're having so much fun because we're bringing stuff back from when I first started this. Nice. So when I was opening up the restaurant Station 51, people were like, hey, are you going to bring back the Philly cheesesteak, which is one of the very first items I ever made? And yeah. I'm like... Actually, I will. Was it what it is today? What it, what it was? Then? Yes, hundred percent. Same, same recipe. Same recipe. Same, same recipe. Same size. Same. So what is that? Like a eighteen inch? Yep. E- yeah, eighteen inch Philly cheesesteak. And I'm getting we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but Station Fifty One. You also have a, a it's a what's a why can I think? I should mention to the listeners it's past eleven o'clock. I'm on East Coast time, so it's after midnight <laughs> for me right now. Um, you had a. What's the other sub? It's like a marinara. Oh, uh, chicken parmesan. Chicken parmesan. Yeah. What, what size is that thing? Same thing, 18 inch. 18 inch. These yep. things are monsters. Yep. Like they, they, they draw attention when they come out. It's, for sure. And that's what makes it so fun. Like yeah. People are like, how do you open up a restaurant in the, middle of, in the middle of a pandemic? And I'm like, well, just so you know, this is my second one I opened in the yeah. pandemic. And they're like, Station 51, which again is our new concept. But it's like, we built this restaurant. To have fun. Yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Let's, let's have the breaks and yeah, go back. Yeah, sorry. So, I, I jump around a lot. No, it's okay. Uh, so back to... So take us through the journey. 2014, when did you open your second restaurant? Uh, 17. So three years between location one to location yeah. two. So, and I, and I rented. So here, here let, me, let me go back a little bit to the, the restaurant. I forgot to share this. And I didn't know this until just a couple months ago when I signed my lease again because my lease, my, my eight-year lease expired. Yeah. And I was like, holy cow, like, I got to renew my lease for Third Lake. And so my landlord and I met and we're talking and stuff like that. And so he kind of was chuckling about some things. And I was like, you know, what's so funny? And he's like, 
So my rent kind of went up a little significantly. And he's like, well, it went up significantly, not only because of inflation, but we gave you a really, really good deal because we didn't think you were going to last. Oh, man. And I'm like, for real? And he goes, you had no experience. You've <laughs> yeah. never owned a restaurant. You were opening up a bar and you're renovating our space. We only gave you like, a, like 12 months. We didn't think you were going to make it. <laughs> And so he's like, and how many restaurants you got now? And so we went through all that thing. And he's like, it's incredible. So like, I'm very happy with my landlords. Like they've been incredible and I wouldn't be where I am today without them. But uh, yeah, it was kind of a funny story. Yeah. So um, what were the lessons you learned in that first year of owning a restaurant? Things that you kind of just like, like forehead slap, like, you know, like that forehead pounds, like palm the forehead. Don't put the cart before the horse. Okay. What do you mean by that? Um, So again, kind of letting the business tell you what direction you need to go into. Did you get into trouble over extending yourself? Not, it's not that I'm overextending myself, but like, again, even like with like my buddy's wedding, like, yeah. oh yeah, I'll do that. No problem. And it's yeah. like, well, logistically, like how do I make that work? And I'm one of those guys that like, I don't plan nothing. Yeah. The answer is yes. What's the question? And so like, yeah. even this day, people are like, oh, hey, can you share with me how to write a business plan? I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, oh, well, like what's the plan on how you, I'm like, I don't have one. I just do. <laughs> Um, but you know, the, the biggest thing, like I said, is, is letting the business tell you the direction that the business needs to go in, listening to your community, you know, like that's really the big thing. And so not only is the community a huge part of who my company is, but so is my employees. When I first started this and they'll tell you to this day, when I first started here, I can say, I can swear, right? Yeah. I was an asshole. Yeah. I was a raging asshole. I would yell. I would swear I used to say the F word every day to my employees and like with them around or directly, no, directly at them. Oh, yeah. Like and my employees will tell you to this day who've been with me since day one that I have completely changed 180. Mm. And so like I hear stories sometimes of like when people come to interview with me and like they tell me stories of like how their current boss is. I'm like, they say that to you. And so it's like now my employees are the company. Yeah. Was there an event? Did something happen to make you change to pivot? Like, yeah. Did somebody call you out? No, I had people literally like, why am I losing so many employees? Well, maybe you treat them like shit. Oh, yeah. And so. When was this? Like after 2017 oh, yeah, this or is, before This, this is probably when I went from one restaurant to two. Okay. And so really understanding, I guess this kind of segues now into like the next phase, yeah. wouldn't you say? Yeah. Is when you go from one to two. Yeah you learn things a lot differently and a lot faster because I can't do everything that I used to do at one between two. Yeah. And so I can't run two restaurants at the same time. So I better start treating people nice. Yeah. And so like one of the things I always started, I'm sorry. One of the things that I started asking myself and I do to this day is would I work for me? Mm. And I got to tell you, 40% 40% of the time, I say no. Yeah. And I got to change quick. Yeah. I never met your mom, but her words are echoing in my head right now. Lead with love. Dude, you have to. And it's like, you know, I, I talked about it in the elite meeting today, you know, with the, the whole entire group. And it's like, you know, why do I do this? Why am I in this? Like, what's my big why in life? Mm. And if you look at my core values, which is over on the wall and you walk in, bam, smacking all, all my restaurants, it's that I want to be somebody for somebody. Mm. And what does that mean? It means that... I want to be that. I want to be that person that someone looks at and says, "Look what Chris did," or "Who look who Chris is." And so, like, you know, if you look at anything in the community or you look at anything that happens um, anywhere around here, I try to be involved with it. You know, like, I don't know if you heard 
uh, a few weeks ago, the, the shooting happened in Highland Park at the, no. at, at the parade. I just I just block out the world today. So there was a shooting that happened. Yeah, it was it was at the Fourth of July parade. This guy climbed on a roof and shot a bunch of kids oh and adults, and, and it's sad. And from where we're at here, it's probably forty five minutes away. Oh my goodness! And so without skipping a beat, like my immediate reaction in my head is, how can I help? Mm. You know how how can I help somebody? Mm-hmm. I'm going to help you. Mm. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. And so we closed the restaurant down on July 4th, and I just put a simple post on Facebook, and I said, hey, I'm sorry, but we're closing our store today, and I'm taking all the food that we have here, and I'm bringing it down to the first responders at the shooting. Mm. That was it. That was as simple as what it was. I wasn't trying to do anything. I was just letting – I try to let my community know everything that I'm doing. Mm. That post got seen 157,000 times. Went viral, and to me, it was just simple. Like, I'm trying to help. Mm-hmm. You know, how can I help you? I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. So same words. I'm trying to be somebody for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like back when we had, and this kind of goes back, and I'm jumping back and forth, but I forgot to touch point on this. But when we opened up Third Lake, after my mom passed. Third Lake is location number one? Yeah, Grace Lake, Third Got Lake, it. same thing. A tornado hit our town. So this is show you after my mom passed away. We just got done doing the Lake County Fair. A tornado came through. It just missed our restaurant by probably maybe 1,000 feet, 1,200 feet. And immediately that night, I told my staff, hey, you could see it. And the tur- it knocked everything down, packed up our trucks of food, drinks, stuff like that, and we went right in the middle of the community. And we set up a station at the heart of where the tornado hit, and we served our community for 10 days. So, I'm sorry, seven days, 10,000 meals. Wow. Just gave it away. And again... I just wanted to help. How can I help? And so, again, you asked at the beginning there, like, what's that montage or what's that saying or what's that quote? And it goes back to what mom said. If she's going to help me, then I got to help them. And so going back to what we were just talking about, like, about the employees and stuff like that and going in from one store to two stores, I want to help my employees and I want to be somebody for them and I want them to be proud of where they work. You know, like our store in Third Lake we had the same staff there for almost six years. Yeah. You know, like that says something. We had a wait list to get in. You know, it's interesting because it's almost like I'm afraid to talk about it sometimes when it comes to employee retention. And like people are talking like, well, like, how do you keep employees? Like, what are the things you can do to incentivize employees? Like, give a shit. Yeah. Do, like, and honestly, like, are you like, give a shit too. But like, what does it say about me if I work for you? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, yep. is, what is this organization doing that I want to be aligned with? Like, are you, and I hate that we use the word cool, but like, is it cool to work for you? But I think if you're out there and you're doing good things and you have reputation and you're a part of the community and people like you, you want to be associated with that. Maybe the cool is not the right word. Yeah, I was going to say, the, like, the, I know what you're trying to say. And, and I think the, the, the thing that it's I would. Psychographics. It's pride. You pride. know, it, it, it's pride. It's respect. You know, I've stayed true to my core on who we are, yeah. and that is we always support first responders. Yeah. And so, obviously, I was you know I was in law enforcement for two years. Like you see it on our walls, we got the thin blue line. Like yeah. you know, it's, it's on our menus, and we get heat for that too because obviously this war that's going on in America where you know blue is bad. And I've stayed true to who I am, you know, and I'm not going to change who I am. I I don't care who you voted for, or whatever. I'm gonna I you're still welcome in my restaurant, you yeah. know, and so. Um, you know, it's been one of the things where 100% I agree with what you're saying. Like, is it cool to work here? We want that to be the atmosphere for the employee, but at the same time, we want it to be where, like, you're proud to work here. Yeah. 
you know, and so it's like when you walk down the sh- street and you have a barbecue production shirt on, you're going to have to say like, hey, that place kicks ass. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's psycho. But what I mean by psychographics is when I when people see me either a eating here or B working here and I my personal brand my my reputation is associated with this brand that has a good upstanding reputation within our community yep. people go there like people want to associate themselves their personal identity with things that are doing well or yeah. or are appreciated or oh, they see it growing and they're part of that growing yeah exactly yep. and that's just human nature we want to we want to be a part of a, a clan a tribe yeah that like that gives us social security you know what i'm saying yep. and it sounds shallow and and but that's just it's hard wiring like we want to belong to something we want to be a part of something it's human nature to be a part of something greater and to, to associate with something well I think people are also afraid to share sometimes. Yeah. You know, and so even like restaurant owners, like I always tell people like share what you're doing both yeah. internally and externally, yeah. you know, cause people do want it. People don't go out to eat anymore just to go out to eat. Mm-hmm. They want to know the story. You know, there's gotta be a story. It's gotta be a reason. Like, why do you go there? Yeah. And so that's again, part of the whole reason of where I am today and how I got to where I am today is cause there's a story, you know, when people hear my story, I guess you can say, of where I started, how I started the story of my mom, like it, it truly is something special. Mm. And you know, this is we just had my mom's uh, anniversary of when she passed away, and this was the first year that I was able to go to visit her at, at her gravesite, and I didn't get emotional. I didn't cry. Almost ten years, over ten years, eleven years now. Yeah, and so um, no, two thousand fourteen. Oh, wait, she well, passed in fourteen. Up, coming up in two years. Yeah. For 10 years, sorry. Yeah. So, but, you know, I went there and um, I went there with my son and my wife. And my, my son looked at me and he says, Dad, you're not crying. And I said, you're right, I'm not. And he goes, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I, I think I'm at peace. Mm. He's like, what does that mean? <laughs> and he's like, like the Undertaker rest in peace? And I'm like, you met my son. Obviously, yeah. he's a big wrestling fan. And I'm like, Cliff note. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know, buddy. Like, I, I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so he's like, all right, well, then I'll just do what the Undertaker says. I'm like, all right, what's that? And he gets on one and he's like, rest in peace. <laughs> I'm like, okay, time for you to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's just like, you know, I wouldn't be where I am. I, I truly believe. It's going to suck to say this, but like, I hope you can read what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think I'd be here where I'm at today if I didn't go through that. It gave you the will, you know, the will to the drive, yeah. the, the, I'm going to help. I have somebody helping me in a much higher power. Yeah. And dude, I think, I think God can do things in mysterious ways that you just don't realize if you let it happen. Yeah. And so I think that that's what's happening. Yeah. So back to the, your story with going to the second location. Yep. And you said it was. You said one of the things you started to do is you just kind of checked yourself. You're like, I'm an asshole, and yeah. if I'm gonna not, if I'm gonna, if I need, I need people. Obviously, I need people. One of the best ways to attract people onto myself is to be nice to them. Yeah. To, so other than that, what were you doing? What other things did you do? And I'm. Well, man, did you invest in anything? Did you like what was going on? No. So like, and when I bought the when I bought Lake Zurich, like I said, I, I bought it. Location number two. Like location number two. Like I bought a million dollar building. Wow. So like a guy who's renting landlord didn't think he was going to make it. I just bought a million dollar building. How'd you get the financing for that? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like legitimately, like 
even when I bought number three and now I'm buying number four, I'm buying number four, which is number five, number six, whatever. I'm, I lose track. You own a mansion. No, I, I don't own it. So the city, <laughs> the city owns it, but I but I run That's, the mansion. That comes later in the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. But like, but I, I I don't know. That's the thing. Like somebody said, like, how did you buy Lake Zurich? How did you buy Kenosha? How did you buy? How are you buying third? Like, and I'm like, I guess somebody's like helping me. Like I don't like. I don't know, like having a good accountant, you know, like having good, you know, people on your team. Like, and if you don't know something, it's okay. Yeah. You just got to hire somebody who does know how to do it. Yeah. Like, and that's a lesson right there. You don't have to be the guy who nope. does everything. Surround yourself with the people who do And now, eight years later, I purposely try to be the dumbest, per- dumbest person in the room. That's my strategy. That's what 100%. Like, <laughs> dumbest person, and I don't have a key to any of my restaurants. Yeah. Like, they're like, what do you mean you don't have a key to your restaurant? It's like, well, think about it. If I have a key to my restaurant, then I got to go. You know? So it's like. Um, What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Notice how I had to get a key to the restaurant from one of my employees. Yeah. There's, there's a key. And literally, they. They left you a note saying. This is the code to lock the door. I shouldn't read that out loud. That's a, yeah, yeah. But this is the code. So actually, I'm so not going to read it out loud. One yeah. of Chris's employees handed him a key to the building yeah. and the code to the door. So he could get out. So. Testament. It proves he's not lying. <laughs> yeah, literally, and I'm like, I, I, to be honest with you, I've never seen a key like this in my life. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, so, um, so you started treating people better. Better. You started uh, leaning on the strengths of people who are smarter than you. More, yep. or, you know, you stayed in your lane and you lean on people who are strong where they needed to be. You, what else did you do? Yeah, uh, I'd say honestly, as I, as I let somebody else steer the ship. Mm. You know, again, the buck stops at here. the second location. You started to- no, so yes, no. So again, when you when you're one person, one store, I can do. It. I was the GM. Yeah. I was the AGM. I was the dishwasher. I was all this. Like I had people help me out. When I went to two, well, how the hell am I going to be the GM at one store and the GM at the other store? Dishwasher at one store, dishwasher at this store. I can't do it. So now I had to hire people to actually do it, and then I had to manage them. Mm. Now, and I know you're going to say, "Hold on, don't go any further," but give me a second. So now when I go from one to two, I can't be the GM and I can't be the AGM and I can't be this. So now I hire a GM at both stores and now I'm managing the GMs. So now I'm the, what you'd call area manager, I guess you could say, managing two managers. So now when I go to three, well, I'm the area manager. I got to hire the manager for the third store, but now who's going to manage them? Well, an area manager. So now I hire an area manager so now that area manager is now running those managers, and holy shit, now I have a mid-level management team. Now I'm not doing anything anymore. So, and that's literally what to happened. To get to that with three stores, I think, is pretty impressive. Most people are usually still jumping around. Well, here's the thing that's crazy. So this store you're in right now is the third store. I came in here two weeks after it opened. When was that? What year? Two thousand December 4th, 2020. Okay, and was this before... This was your third store overall, not yep. just okay. Got it. So and, and I bought this. <laughs> so I bought the building or the business. The, the building. Okay. So I bought Lake Zurich, number two, in 2017. Yeah. I bought this a week after I bought the other store. Wow! Like the, again, was that a part of the plan, or did you just no? Get it? No. So like I was building my house at the time. The guy who was helping me out my Lake Zurich. I, I was the same contractor. Yeah. He was building my house. And the electrician that was doing my house, he's like, hey, like, what do you do for a living? Like, this is a nice house. And I was like, oh, I, I own a couple of restaurants. He's like, I got one for sale. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, I built a restaurant. I got one for sale. And I'm like, do share. So he tells me the information. He tells me how much it costs. And I'm like, 
that seems too good to be true. Was it an exit? Was somebody like the no? Like it was closed. Like he, he so he built this place. Yeah, had, he sold it to somebody else. Or I'm sorry, he was renting it out to somebody else, and then it got like lost in like a foreclosure or something like okay. that. Okay, so like there's like a whole bank process. But uh, when he shared it to me, I'm like, a turnkey restaurant for four hundred grand. It just seems too good to be true. So I came through and I hooked, and this place was beautiful. I mean, it needed to be remodeled into kind of like what I've done today. Yeah, branded. And it, uh, yeah, so I went to my bank and I said, hey, so I know I'm building a restaurant right now, but what would you guys say if I wanted to buy another one at the same time? And they're like, you want to do two at once? And I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> Putting the car before the horse. And so they're like, uh, that's crazy, but let us see what we can do. And then came back to us like two weeks later, like, yeah, we'll do it. And I'm like, you will? <laughs> they're like, yeah. And I'm like, shit. What bank do you use? <laughs> that was Chase. Um, so, yeah, I, I was blown away. Like, they approved it. And, I, I, again, there, there was a bunch of problems I went through with this location, buying a foreclosure that was built without permits. That's that's a whole other talk show. But, um, you know, in 2020, three years later. Uh, Wait, so you built this location without permits? No, no. It, it, was, it was built, built without with, permits. Oh, so, so when you bought, maybe that's why it was only 400000 So when you bought the business did you buy all of the liability too yeah there was a bunch of problems here so it took me three years took me two lawsuits maybe it was too good to be true it 100 oh, it was yeah. i mean if you think about it i bought it in 17 i didn't open it in december of 20 took three years of problems so again this was the store that almost crippled me this actually came up in the mastermind earlier this morning i think it was peter that was talking about buying the assets or buying yeah was the other equity or no buying the assets or buying the what was the words he used? I know what you're talking about. I, to be honest with you, I couldn't hear because he was talking towards yeah. uh, he was talking towards Mark. But but there's two different like when you're purchasing, you can choose to purchase the assets, meaning what's in the building. But then or if the you stocks, buy the stock, the, the, the shares, the shares, that's what it was. Yeah. If you buy the shares, then you buy basically the baggage. Yeah. Everything that comes with it, you're on the hook for whatever the previous owner did wrong. I, I learned I learned a lot of things at this store, um, but you know, uh, my, my brother always had a saying: "What doesn't kill you only makes you stronger," mm. and it definitely almost killed me. So, what were the big lessons you learned there? Going from from at this one, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, let's just, let's just yeah, we bunch the two. Like, Sorry, you built them within a month from each other. Yeah, they, they were literally simultaneously. Yeah. We opened up. We opened up though Lake Zurich a lot sooner than than our Kenosha store, um, but it, it really. This is Lake Zurich. No, this, we're in Kenosha. We're in Kenosha. Yeah, Lake Zurich is the one you did not go. So to. the second location opened a lot sooner. Than oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this one I had the lot. even though this was turnkey. Correct. It was turnkey, but it wasn't me. So it was a pizza restaurant. It was red. It had tile. It it still needed to be made me. You know, even though you yeah. buy a restaurant, it's turnkey. Unless you're going to operate it as what that restaurant was, you still yeah. got to make it into what your pizzazz it. is, you yeah. know? Um, and, and so that's what we had to do here. So, like, even above the bar here, you see the TVs, it used to be what I thought was a wooden pergola. Well, I didn't do my homework. It wasn't wood. It was foam. Okay. So, literally, I lifted this whole entire thing that I thought was, like, this massive structure. I lifted it up with my two hands. It was oh. foam hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> so, but, again, there was a... There was a, a a massacre of problems here that we went through. We had to fight through. Um, you know, I definitely learned to you know make sure you have good lawyers and, and good. Were you fighting your your construction dude. No, this is actually my, my the lawyer that reviewed the purchase of it. You okay. know, um, you know, doing the background check of of the building, and you know, I I don't even know hundred percent if if it would have been caught ahead of time. But again, that's a whole other show, and 
I prefer not to even get into it because yeah. it's it was just if I, if I can put it into English terms uh, that everyone understand it was a complete shit show. Yeah. Um, but three years later, we opened up. Um, I have completely bounced back from the disaster that we had here, um, and now having this store. When it came time to opening up the store, I had a I had a book. Mm-hmm. And it said, like, here's the colors. Here's how many glasses you need. Here's how many spoons you need. Here's how many forks you need. Here's the manual to open up barbecue productions. So was that what you built with the second location? So that was, yes. In in, in roundabout way, yes. Like, that's what I created going from one to two. And then knowing when I was going two to three, I kind of built that as I was going along. So, but knowing what we needed. How did you know that's what you needed? Because I did it with two stores. So as I did it with two stores, it's the same same thing. Yeah. So obviously the third one's gonna be the same as the first two. Yeah. So now you know the orange walls are the same orange at every store. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 glassware is the same glass. You don't have to make the decisions twice. You've already made the decisions. One hundred percent. So literally, like my manager, my GM, who came from one of the other two stores, they transferred over here. They opened up the store by themselves. Oh wow! And so that's when I was saying like going from one to two was harder. Two to three. A little bit harder, but a little bit easier because now I have systems. Repeat. Yeah. Systems, yeah. which is what you know Fred is. You know yeah. systems. Was Fred a part? Of the- so it was actually DSP, uh, David Scott Peters. Yeah. Um, David is really the guy that I guess I can say I kind of flocked to first. Yeah. Because I didn't really know Fred at the beginning. Well, David's kind of the, he was always the front man. That was he kind of was his man, role, and man. like I think we talked about this earlier today. Like I can listen to David talk. He's such a great talker, uh, speaker, <laughs> incredible. I should say he he's been on the show. I want to say four or five times. Whenever he's a guest on the podcast, anybody who's listening to this knows what I'm talking about. Because yep. I mean, just just do Restaurant Unstoppable, David Scott Peters, and you can listen to his episodes. He is incredible. He he's a professional speaker. That's what he does, um, and he can just go. And he, what he drops is gold. Yeah, he 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 will paint the he will shine a light on the path to success and he will spell it out for you because that's what he's been doing for the past yep. 15 years is, or maybe around that time. I'm assuming, I think that's when he started doing his speaking, right? Yeah. So I, I, I met, I met him in 2015. Okay. So 2015 was a year after your first. So yeah. yeah. So what, like how did he come across your radar? How did you find him? <laughs> so I went through the NRA show. Okay. Uh, in not the, not the gun one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I went to the bar and nightclub show oh, in, in Vegas. In Vegas, gotcha. Yep. Uh, you ever been there? I haven't. But oh. I've been to the 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 Chicago one a bunch. Bar and nightclub was where it's at. Okay, it's awesome. I mean Vegas. I mean I, bar. Is that the bar? I, I won an award actually from that. Really? Yeah, but it was in 2020. I I finally won an award for best industry podcast. That's cool. And I got the I got the award, and they're like we canceled. The trade show. It's, it probably was because they canceled <laughs> yeah, it. So yeah. um, I, I, I listened to him speak there, and I don't remember, but I filled something out, and then all of a sudden I got like this like phone call like, hey, you won this prize to come <laughs> listen to me talk for three days. And I was like, is this a sales spiel or what? <laughs> and so uh, I, I did some research. I kind of listened to David talk for a little bit, and I'm like, you know what? My mom had just passed. This is you know the year prior, or the year later, and – I looked at it and I'm like, I don't have any of this stuff. And what is he talking about this stuff? What do you mean this stuff? His systems, you know, okay. rest, at the time it was uh, uh, Restaurant Systems Pro, or no, no it was uh, something Pro, uh, Smart Systems Pro. Yeah, that's what it was, Smart Systems Pro. And so I didn't have anything, and so I was like, you know, what do I got to lose by going to listen to somebody else who's been doing this longer than me? Yeah. So, so 
what were the lights he turned on for you? Oh my god! I went there, and I mean, the first day, I walked out in tears because I was just like, I literally—it's like I was talking to my mom. And he's the same way. Like you know, he was a mama's boy and really close to his mom, stuff like that. And just hearing him, like, I don't have core values. I don't have a mission statement. I don't have an employee handbook. I don't have a training manual. I don't have systems. I don't have recipe costing cards. I don't have a budget. What the fuck do I have? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, so it's like, holy shit. Like, I thought I was actually doing a good job. And then David made me feel like this big. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, then at the end of his whole thing, you know, day two and then day three. And I'm like, man, like, I walked out of there on day three and I was like, I love this guy. <laughs> and I literally like saw the light bulb go off. And like when he was telling me, you know, how much a system costs? And he's like, we have one spot left of the elite group. And so he started talking about the elite group. And again, I'm only a year into this. So he's like, we only got one spot left. Well, I'm the type of guy like, Oh, I'll take it. So I took it. I I, I bought in, you know, bought the membership for the first year. I never used the membership and it never came to a meeting. How many one spot lefts do you think they had? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I thought it was actually like a sales spiel, yeah. but it's not. I know. I'm a season. But he is a good marketer, though. He is. Yeah. And, but, but legitimately, like, I've heard him say that about other things. And yeah. I'm like, hey, is that the same one thing? <laughs> but then I realized, like, no, our group is only There's 30. There's urgency. There's only 30 in our group. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I remember the first meeting that I went to for the elite group. I was scared shitless, man. I was going to go meet 29 other restaurant owners that had been in this for a long time and I was scared yeah. and it was down in Okeechobee, Florida. And I remember I walked into the hotel and the first guy I saw was, was Ralph and he had a shirt on at Okeechobee steakhouse. And he's like, are you Chris, the new guy? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, welcome to the group, son. <laughs> I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> and the next thing was Steve Brown. Are you Chris? Yeah. Welcome to the group. Come over and join us. And I'm like, Oh God, I'm sweating. You know, I got my, I'm, <laughs> I'm nervous. And within about 10 minutes, I was like, I belong here. Yeah. And it, it literally, I think I've missed two meetings. And like you've experienced. It's quarterly, right? It's quarterly. Yeah. I, I've made it every single Since one. Since 2014. Yep. So that's a lot of quarter, That's a lot of meetings. It, it, it is truly the, this group. Again, going back to what we talked about at the beginning of this whole entire show, I wish I can put into words on what it does. I hosted a mastermind for Restaurant Unstoppable. It was digital, but it's so powerful. It and is, man. Like, I, go ahead. And, and the the biggest thing is, is there's a lot of restaurant owners that are not humble. Have you heard of Fry the Coop in Chicago? No. The the fried chicken spot. Okay. No. Well, you should meet. I should introduce you to Joe Fontana. But anyway, okay. he was one of my my members doing crazy stuff now. But sorry, that's that's right. I got so started. like a lot of people, a lot of like restaurant owners have big egos, um, you know, and, and it's a lot of like I I I I. Um, and this group is not like that, you know? And so, you know, one of the things that, you know, it's big thing about being in this group is you got to be able to share and take. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's truly like, you know, again, going back to Steve Brown, like I remember one meeting I went to, like I was devastated. Like I was in a lot of trouble, not trouble. Like I just was, my company was kind of like down and spiraling. I didn't know how to get out of it. Was this before, how many restaurants did you have at this point? Two or three. I don't remember. I, I mean, you opened two yeah, million so dollar restaurants sorry, so yeah, within so, a month from each so other. This would so been, this would have been two stores. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so this is what I, what I shared today in the meeting. Yeah. And that was, you know, I kind of went in there and I was like, hey, guys, both my bank accounts are negative. 
I'm done. I don't know how to get out of this. Uh, I'm going to be leaving the group. And Steve Brown raises hand. He's like, I got to tell you something. And he's laughing. He's like, you ain't never run a restaurant until you run a restaurant in the negative. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, but I got no money in my bank. And he goes, we'll get you out of this. And so sure shit, man, like they helped me through this and we got out of it. And here we are. How did they help you out of it? Do they lend you money or do they just coach no, you? No, no, no. It's, uh, um, Taking a what's that old? Maybe you might know this. I, Humble I, pie, piece but of. No, I mess it up every time. It's the I can take a horse to fish to water. Oh, you can take a, a fish a horse to water, but you can't. You can teach a horse. Wait, now no, you got me. It's the fish one. It's you can take someone. You, you can teach, you teach me how to fish, but you. You don't talk about though, right? Yeah. Hopefully, you, t- I can't. I know what you're saying. So that's yeah. kind of what it is. Like they literally would, like they went through everything. Like, hey, like what are you spending on this? <laughs> what are you going to spend on that? And at the time, I had two pickup trucks. You know, I had two trucks. I'm a big truck guy. And so they were like, first things first, sell that truck. And I'm like, sell the truck? They're like, sell the truck. You need to get out of this mess. And they're like, trust me, one day you're going to, if you get out of this, you'll be able to buy a truck you want to buy later on. So yeah. I sold the truck. And it was sad. It was a sad yeah. day. But little by little, I started doing things that they were giving me advice on how to do, like do this, you know, start looking for a, a PVA. Um, you know, looking for a PVA, found one of them. They gave me fifty thousand dollars, and I was like, "Holy cow!" A food distributor will What's give a you PVA? a preferred vendor agreement. Got it. So, sorry, I guess I should have said that. No, you're cool. So, going to you know, I had mass buying power now that I had you know two locations, going to be three locations. So, I was able to go to a, a vendor and say, "Hey, listen, I'll give you eighty percent of my business, but how much money can you give me if I did that?" Yeah. And I was able to get fifty thousand dollars from one of the food distributors. Wow! And I didn't know that. So it's like, boom. This now is I the get, power of the mastermind. Dude, it's in, in, incredible. Then after I went to them and then I opened up the third store, I got another 25000 from them to open up the third location. It's like $75,000. Like, holy cow. Like, that's awesome. Like, All of a sudden, my, my checking account's not in the negative. Anymore. Yep. <laughs> How much did you get for your truck? Uh, I couldn't even tell you. It's been so long. But Probably it was, at least 10000 right? Oh, no, no. It was, it was like a 2000 17 it was a brand new truck so oh it, so it was probably a, 40 or 50 000. yeah i mean but the biggest thing was the the, the payment on it was you know 1700 bucks a month so i got rid of a 1700 yeah. payment yeah. you know and right away there's there's cash flow for 1700 bucks yeah so there's a lot of lessons here i think another big lesson too and like i don't know i know fred is a profit first professional Did yep. he, does he teach profit first yep. so take 10 percent of every penny every dollar you make every put it away don't even touch it and then you have a cushion yeah that you can lean on if you when you need it when your checking account goes into the negative you only use your profit account to get to pay off debt or to buy an asset or it's a security net you don't think about that though while everything's going on so like you know i feel like every day that i wake up even now like with you know five soon to be six locations like our my days go by so fast You know, and it's like you blink and it's over. Yeah. You know, it's like this elite, this elite meeting here. It's been at my place for the last two days. And I got one day off tomorrow. And, and it's you're like here at 1130 and we're still going. And I, I didn't realize what time it was. Yeah. But, um, but like, again, it goes by so fast because the group that you're with, you're learning something every single time. And so there's a lot of restaurant owners out there that are not open to learning. And so that's, again, goes back to kind of like what I was saying. Like, you got to be humble. You got to be humble. You got to be hungry. Like, like one of the things that like, I said it a lot today, and like, and, I, and I'm proud of what I say when I and when I say it. Like, you were in the the tour of the mansion today, right? Yeah. So, like, if you notice, like, I talked about Jay. You know, like the mansion. Like, this is crazy. If you would, if, if this was three, four years ago when I was opening up number two and number three, it wouldn't have been so weird. I legitimately do not feel comfortable saying I'm the owner 
of the mansion or I'm the owner of the company in the mansion because I literally do nothing there. I literally provided the American Express. (laughs) That was it. Like I literally walk in there and somebody's like, hey, where can I find this? I'm like, I have no clue. No, but that's, I think, an important perspective is that your job as a restaurant owner or business owner in general is to create opportunity for others. And I think the people who figure that out, that it's not about me, but it's about everybody else. Yep. And how can I create opportunity for other people? How can I take what I've gotten and, and multiply into like, ripple that into the lives of others and to give them a vertical to do what they love? Like that's the, that's the magic. Yeah. Like I'm proud of where I'm at today and I want my employees to be proud of where they're at. And again, this goes back to what we talked about earlier today. And it's like, how can I make it so that way, not only are they proud, but how can I change their lives? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, you know, one of the biggest stories that I have that's just cool is one of my cooks, he's been with me for a long time, back very first store, um, found out that he was walking from Vernon Hills to our restaurant, which is about by car, 30 minutes. Wow. Very, very humble. Uh, a guy from Mexico, Mexico City, doesn't speak a lot of English, but he's been loyal to me for, since day one. His name is Sabio. And found this out that he's walking to our store. Well, me and three other employees pitched in and bought him a car. What was it, like 15 miles? Uh, 30 miles an hour? Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so we pitched in and we bought him a car. And it wasn't a brand new car, but it, you know, it was a decent car, and it was going to get him to and from thing. And so it was one of those things where we gave him the car, and his reaction was incredible. Mm. Like, it – I mean, I'm just talking about it now, and I got goosebumps again because, like – and he's still with me to this day. He's, he was, he's been with me since day one. Wow. You know, my very first bartender that we hired, Darlene, is still with me to this day. Like, those things are cool. Steve Brown, over 20. I asked him this yesterday. How many employees do you have that work for you that have been here over 20 years? Over 20. Wow. How many employees does he have? <sighs> he can tell you tomorrow, but I want to say 75, maybe 100. Still. Yeah, but I mean, he, he has over 20 employees have been with him over 20 years. And I believe he said he has over 12, 10 or 12 have been with him over 25 years. That's crazy. He's on second generation employees now where the first generation still works for him. That's what I inspire mm. to be, you know. And so being humble and always, you know, putting the employees first. Like I always tell people, like even like at Station 51, like these new employees that I have, like, that are in the kitchen, like they're always nervous that I'm in the building. And it's like, bro, we're on the same playing field here. We're on the same team. I created the entity. I created the idea, but we got to make sure that all of us make that heartbeat beat together. Mm. Cause if we don't, there is no company. So yeah, we haven't even spoken about your, your latest concept. No. Your, your fifth, fourth. your fourth concept yeah. station 51. Cause the mansion would be technically the fifth. Yeah. Um, mansion is a uh, events. Basically, special events, weddings specifically yep. is what you guys specialize in. Uh, what is what is Station 51? So Station 51... Opened in 2020, right? No. We just opened Station 51 in... Uh, oh, sorry. 2020. The Station 51 just opened up three weeks ago. Right. I'm sorry. Three months ago. Well, I don't know what... When, when did you take control of the mansion? Uh, mansion... Yeah, we moved in April 1st. That's of this year. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of dates. You're doing a good job. I got to admit, you're doing a good job remembering thank them you, all. Yeah. So, okay, get, in, get into Station 51. Yeah, so Station 51, you know, like all three of barbecue productions are very hardcore centric around, you know, yes, first responders, but really, you know, law enforcement because that's my background and, mm-hmm. you know, we got blue line everywhere. So we always get, you know, kind of get shit given to us like, oh, what about the fire guys? 
So, you know, we found this restaurant that was opening up, you know, it, it closed during the pandemic, didn't didn't make it. It was a good buddy of mine who owned it. It was in a downtown area, a lot of foot traffic. And so, you know, we ultimately uh, had plans, came up with the idea of, of doing this like firehouse themed restaurant to kind of throw back to our buddies on the fire service. Yeah. And so again, now we're having fun. And one of the reasons why we want to come up with a new concept is because, you know, barbecue production number three, I didn't do much here to open it. Everyone else did all my staff, all my employees. And so I didn't really do much. So I kind of needed that like spark again, I guess you could say to like really kind of like jumpstart me back into like coming up with new recipes. Like people are like, Oh, you like, even at the barbecue productions, like we have stuff on there. It's not barbecue salads, and burgers and, you know, chicken. And you guys know how to do stuff other than barbecue. It's like, yeah, we're not just dumb smokers. <laughs> like, um, so like this really gave us the ability to showcase, hey, we actually do know how to cook more than just barbecue. And so um, we wanted to do something fun. We wanted to do something different. So I was, sitting, <laughs> I was sitting at Red Lobster one night with a buddy of mine from the police department that I used to work with. And uh, we were sitting there talking, and we, we he thought about this concept that's up in the Dells. Do you know Wisconsin Dells? No. Wisconsin Dells is like a big family place up in, in Wisconsin. And so um, it's a food truck restaurant where they actually have like these little Volkswagen Beetle buses inside this big like commercial space and each one is a different food truck concept and you order and you go sit down. And I was like, well, that would be really cool to do, but there's not a lot of room to do like the trucks. Yeah. So I said, why don't we... It's like a food hall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I said, like, why don't we do the same concept? Why don't I do that in Antioch, but do it virtually and digitally? And he's like, I don't understand. And I'm like, so exactly what you see there but we'll do something very different where we'll present it on an iPad, make the trucks on an iPad that drive across the screen, which was my original concept idea. You got to press the next button because yeah. technology, but each truck is its own theme. So obviously today you saw that, you know, there's a burger concept. There's a poutine concept. There's a fried seafood. food, seafood. I mean, there's all these different concepts and we're eventually going to have a new one that comes out like every couple months. Originally I wanted to do every month, and I realized that that's, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot harder than I thought. Yeah. Um, so our our montage or whatever you want to call it is we're a virtual food truck restaurant. And so, you know, I also say that we bring Tinder to the food truck concept. So like, you don't like the food truck, swipe left. <laughs> you like the food truck, you swipe right. Um, but you know, it, it's cool because it allowed us to have a lot of fun. We built this. You know, it, it, the the design concept was off of my wife and I's favorite TV show, Chicago Fire. Yep. Um, Molly's. The, I got some photos of the, the restaurant. Attention to detail is beautiful in that space, man. We we truly, you know, my... Get into some of the details of what you guys went to. I really got to throw a shout out. I mean, if I could do a shout out real quick. Please. I mean, to, to my builder, Kyle. Uh, he's my what? best man in my wedding, KJ Kramer Construction. Um, Say it one more time. KJ Kramer Construction out of Wisconsin, uh, out of Kenosha, Wisconsin. He... What, what I like about him is I can give him an idea. doesn't matter how crazy it is. You ever see that TV show? It used to be on HGTV. It was called Monster House. No. Monster Garage. No. Jesse James. I don't watch a lot of TV. Okay. So, like, they did a, they did a kitchen once. It was a Snap-on Tool House. Yeah. And the cabinets were Snap-on Toolboxes. Okay. And then, like, from the ceiling, they had, like, a ketchup dispenser. It was, like, the air hose. Nice. So, that's what Kyle's like. You give him an idea, and, like, you say, like, hey, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's the concept. Ten X is it. And just blows it out of the damn yeah, water, man. Yeah. Like, you know, even in my house, there was things that I wanted in my house. And I'm like, I don't know how you'll make it happen, but here's what I want. And he, boom, made it happen. That's cool. And so. Um, is, this, is this the same guy that sold you the, your third location? No, that was my electrician. Oh, so this okay. is my general contractor buddy. Got it. So 
Uh, that would have been even funnier. <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, so he he just really took, and he likes doing these theme style restaurants, you know. Like, and now he's in, he's in build Station Fifty Two, which we'll get into that. Um, but you know, he he helped us with barbecue productions and making sure they all look the same, you know. And, and the diamond plate bar and the bar stools, like, and I'm sorry, bar stools, but the uh, what do you call those things? Uh, whiskey. What do you call barrels? those? Yeah, whiskey barrels. Yeah. You know, incorporating them into the bar and just kind of really bringing the feel of all the restaurants together. So when we built Station Fifty One, you know, I showed him pictures of Molly's from Chicago Fire, and I said, "Hey, here's kind of what I'm looking for. Here's Chicago Fire. Here's this. Here's that. Let's do something." Yeah. And so I would literally just go around taking pictures of different things, like the Edison bulbs from the ceiling. I knew the lighting that I wanted. Yeah. And so. You know the 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 sink. Did you go into the the, the unisex bathroom? Yeah. So that sink that's in there. All I told him was I wanted a bath. I'm sorry, I wanted a, a sink that looked like it was on the side of a fire truck that had gauges and lights in it. That's all I told him. Yeah. It took us three plumbers, three people to get through to get what we need and what we wanted. But the sink that you see there was built by two firemen. Wow, that's cool. One was a plumber, but you know, again, some of the things that he did, like. Even like the fire hoses that are the trim. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Kyle did. Yeah. You know, like when we when we came up with the floor and it's like when we meet with these contractors and say, hey, look, we're building a themed restaurant. You can't just come in here and give us the same, you know, oh, I'm going to paint this wall gray. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do your floor in a, in a tile floor. Like, how are you going to make special something special to showcase what you can do? You put fire hydrants underneath the bar. Yeah. You know your your tap line. Um, I know there's a story behind that. Tap line the the. <laughs> that's another story on itself. So, <laughs> I guess I'll jump to this one. So that you brought it up the beer yeah. the, the 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 fire hydrant beer draft system. Yeah. So I found this guy in San Antonio, Texas, and I said, "Hey, I'm building this fire themed restaurant. Here's what I'm looking to do." I said, "I want my draft system to be incorporated into a fire hydrant, but I want it to go into that brick wall that you saw." He's like, well, you got to send me a picture to show you. So I showed him a picture, sent it to him, and he's like, all right, so you're looking for a fire hydrant? I said, yeah. I said, I want brass incorporated with it. I want it to sparkle. I want it to kind of be shiny, but a rustic style, old-fashioned fire extinguisher or fire hydrant. Got it. Give me a three weeks, and I'll call you back. Okay, do you want my phone number? Yeah, give me your phone number. Do you want my name? No, it's not important. (laughs) Okay. I'm like, this is weird. So I get a call back three, three weeks later, and he's like, hey, this is Rob over at Global Dispense. I was like, hey, what's up, man? And he's like, hey, um, I've been working on this uh, beer draft system for you. I'm like, okay. And he's like, I got the fire hydrant. I went and picked it up the other day. I'm like, you picked it up. Cool. And uh, he's like, here's what I'm working on. He sent me a quick draft. He's like, how does this look? And I'm like, honestly, it looks cool, but I really can't kind of picture it because, like, he's doing free drawing, free yeah. rain, and I can't picture it. He's like, all right. He's like, can you give me two more weeks? Yeah. So two weeks goes by. He calls me back and he's like, hey, can you FaceTime me? I'm like, sure. He built it. What? He built the draft <laughs> system and I hadn't, I hadn't signed a contract. <laughs> I haven't made it. And I'm like, um, hey, so I know that I told you like this is what I was looking to do, but like, don't you want a deposit or a contract? He's like, no. He goes, if you don't buy it, I'll sell it to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, you told me what you were looking for. I'm just going to make it happen. <laughs> And I'm like, holy shit, bro. Like, that's cool. Yeah. So, like, he showed me what he had, and I'm like, that's really awesome. Well, my wife and I were actually going to Texas to go visit Steve. Yeah. And I was, was like, he hey. hosting that mastermind? No, I, we went down there to visit him. Oh, really? And so I was like, hey, I'm going to be in, in Grapevine, Texas. I said, how far are you from? And he's like, two hours. I was like, cool. Can I come visit you? 
he's like, cool, you can come see it. So my wife and I and my son, we drove down there and I mean, just were blown away. My wife's like, hey, can we change that to copper? Can we change this, blah, blah, blah. Two weeks later, the whole system was done. Wow. And I'm like, this guy made shit happen? Yeah. That's the type of guy. And like, you saw what it looks like in the restaurant? Yeah. It's incredible. It really came out. You great. know, it's 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 amazing. Like <laughs> people come to the restaurant all the time, and they're like, "Holy cow! Do the beer lines really go through that brick wall?" And it's like, think about what you just asked. Like the envision or the way that you look at it. Yes, it looks like it goes through it, but no, it there's really, literally nothing on the other side. Of that nothing. Wall. It's it's outside. <laughs> yeah. But the way that it looks, it looks yeah. like it. It looks like the draft system is coming out of a blank wall. Yeah. Um, but he did a really great job with it. But like you know, like you said the the fire hydrants, you know, underneath the bar, we had them cut so that way you can cut, uh, put them flat against the bar. Yeah. And I and I forgot to talk about it today, but the floor is an epoxy floor. But the colored specs are all the colors of our logo. Oh, that's cool. And then that gold leafing that you saw on that stripe on the wall, that's cut up and put in the floor. Oh, that's cool, too. So it's every color. You have helmets from retired firefighters. You have a, a piece of metal from 9-11, yep. the, the towers that fell. That was, so we just got that. That was something that we've been trying to get since we've opened it. Like I knew that I wanted it, but getting something from 9-11 has been very difficult. Yeah. I mean, that stuff's gone, locked down. People are not getting rid of it. And we had somebody that was a fireman in New York and brought it to us, and it had a little memorial thing on it. And the minute that he gave it to me, I mean, my hair stood up my arms. And I was like, Mike, my GM, I was like, Mike, you got to come check this out. He grabs it, and his hair stand up in his arm. I'm like, that's what I was talking about in the meeting today. I'm like, some people can feel something. Some people don't. But I was like, holy shit. Like, that's that's powerful, man. Mm-hmm. Like, And I got to tell you, like, I lost it. Like, it was emotional. Like, to hold, think about it. I was holding a piece of the Twin Towers in my yeah. hand. It's in my restaurant that I just built and created. Yeah, like that's cool stuff, right? So, what's the ultimate vision with this concept? Because I got to be honest, like looking at it, I'm like, when you learning what I've learned, I I, I see that and I think, wow, this is going to be difficult to execute. Well, that constantly to have multiple brands within one roof. Um, is there a greater vision for that to take it digitally? Was it is it meant to be something that has digital legs where you could have like a digital food court? But you don't even want you're only doing dining, so I yeah. I, I kind of know the answer to the question. So like, what what's like what's going on in your head with this concept? So right now everyone's transforming the industry to going very digital. Did not, I don't want to put words in. I'm sorry, but I guess in a way you're right. Digitally yeah. and carry out. Mm. We're doing the opposite. Yeah. So, like, I talked to you. I think I told you earlier today, like, we don't have a phone there. Yeah. And so, you know, we no, talked. What about online ordering? Nope. No phone, Can't no online order. So, the, the, the feeling or the concept of this restaurant is that it's the experience. So, like, rewind today. Yeah. Your reaction and the reaction of everybody else is exactly what I was going for. Yeah. I can't get that when what you What is call- that reaction? <laughs> I can't even put it in words. Like just wow. This like yeah. like there's nothing to say. Yeah, it's. <laughs> you can say that. I know, man, Drop but it. it's it's so fucking cool, <laughs> man. Like, if there's anybody who's listening to this and they really want to experience something different, it is. It's different. It, it, it is. You know, it's like we don't have a phone. We don't do to go orders. You have to come to the restaurant to experience it from the walls to the way the place looks. I mean, it's you're walking into a firehouse yeah. that's a restaurant and the energy in there, like you didn't get to experience this, but on a Friday night, it's the coolest thing in the world. The garage doors are open. 
table 12, which is kind of back where we sat at yeah. today, that's filled with the guys that work on whatever shift the week prior from the firehouse in Antioch. And they usually come every Friday. Yeah. So it rotates. So the guys that are this Friday is the guys that worked last Friday. Next Friday be the guys that work this Friday. But anytime there's a call in the firehouse right around the corner, the actual yeah. firehouse, and they drive by, those sirens and that air horn is like, bah, bah. <laughs> but the guys line the door, the window, they don't doors, and they're like egging the guys on and like mm-hmm. cheering them on and stuff like that. And it's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah. Like, it's emotional. Yeah. It, it really is because this is what I would have brought my mom to see. Yeah. You know, like, she's seeing it, man. She's looking down. It's uh Do you need a second? No, man, like it's so cool. Yeah. It's so freaking cool. Like I I love what I do. Yeah, man. I truly love what I do. And so um why is it called Station fifty one? My mom's favorite T V show was called the Emergency and mm-hmm. it was Station fifty one from there. My wife and I's favorite T V show is Chicago Fire, Station fifty one from there. And then my grandparents owned a resort in Monaco, Wisconsin on Highway fifty one. For 51 years. Wow. So 51 just went. Yeah. And it's just so special. Yeah. Like, and, and, and that's why it's like, people are like, what do you mean you don't have a phone? And it's like, well, it's, we're, we're not doing this to be the same. We're not trying to be the restaurant down the street. We are different. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like, we want to be different. We're trying to be different. Because it's what you experience inside the restaurant. Mm. Now, do we make everybody happy? No, it's physically impossible. Now, I try my ass off. But it's really hard. Yeah. And so really capturizing that into what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast is people go out to eat now for experience. Yeah. And so this wraps up everything that I've been doing for the last eight years and puts it into a whole new concept, a whole new atmosphere, and it takes what I have done for the last eight years, doing everything I do with love, treating it as if it was mom's house, making it about the employees, making it about the experience, making it about the employees, making it about the community, making it about first responders, and just having fun. Yeah. This is the first time, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you brought in uh, an executive chef from outside to create their, like to, to yeah. work with you. What was that like going to like, because you were creating all the, the recipes up to this point, right? This, this was your, yeah. you still are, but I'm sure that's more of a collaboration with the executive chef, right? Yeah. So again, this goes back to one of those things where, uh, I don't need to know everything. Um, and so like I can make dishes, I can make things something like that, but I'm also running three barbecue productions. I'm running a mansion. I, I have a, you know, the wedding production company. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to be a father. I'm trying to be a husband. So I needed somebody that like, Hey, I need this, this, and this created, make it happen. How the hell did you find a, an executive chef of that caliber in this market? So super difficult, <laughs> yeah. um, especially because I knew what I wanted. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you, man, like my employees, there's a, like, I don't know if you saw in the, camar- the camaraderie that we had here tonight with my guys, but yeah. like we have a blast mm-hmm. and you don't see that with a lot of restaurant owners. Like, like I had a lot of my employees at my house the other night. Like you were at my house yeah. the other night. Like. You know, like, again, this isn't just me. This isn't about me. This isn't about the company. It's about us. Mm. And so if we all do well, if I do well together, the company does well together, we all do well together. Mm. And so, you know, I'm an open book, but, like, 
really giving them the power to say, like, hey, guys, like, here's what I want to do. And so we went through several interviews with several different people. And Dano, who's our chef, he, young, same thing, same vision I had. But this is the first time when I interviewed, I said, hey, if you pass the first interview, I'm going to have you come back for a second interview and you're going to cook me something. I want to see what you can cook. I don't want biscuits and gravy. I don't want a burger. I'm going to give you a mysterious, a mystery item, and you got to make something with it. And I want to see what you can come up with. And I went through, I think, six guys. Wow. And so there was two guys that I settled on. Couldn't decide between both of them. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to hire both of you. And so they both looked at me like, what do you mean you're going to hire both of us? And I said, I'm going to hire both of you. Now, in the back of my mind, I did it for a reason. Because if one doesn't make it, I have a backup. Yeah. But number two, they both had different calipers of what they could do. Now, the funny story about that is they worked for the same company, but different business. It was a company that had more than one location, yeah. and they worked at different locations. So that was kind of a funny thing. But anyways, the other guy didn't didn't make it as long, and so Dana's been with us you know, as long as, uh, since the beginning. And so really giving him the power to collaborate, telling him like what I want, and then letting him take it. And he's the one who came up with the motto of like, so again, not having the answer for everything and not understanding like what exactly I want, but like, hey, here's the ideas. Mm -hmm. Can you take it and make it blow up? So I think I told you this earlier tonight, but I told him like, hey, I want this place to be about the presentation. I don't want you to order a burger and you come in and get a burger. I don't want to be coming to get a chicken sandwich. You get a chicken sandwich. Like, no, like I want it to where when people come out, they look at their food and they're like, holy shit, what is that? Yeah. And so he goes, without skipping a beat, he goes, so you want your phone to eat first? Yes. <laughs> that is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So that's our motto at Station 51, your phone eats first. Because we want it to be like, and at lunch today, I don't know if you noticed it, when the food came out, do you, do you see how many people got up to take photos? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Everybody. So you had the chef sampler tonight here yeah. at Barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's not the model here, but still. It's sitting, <laughs> it's sitting in the box. <laughs> yeah. but, then, but, but then Jeremy also ordered the Sunday Buddy Berry. Yeah. And like the first thing that happened was uh, Forrest got up and came over to take pictures. Yeah. Uh, Fred came over to take pictures. Gino's taking pictures. Like We want to make it to where people are excited and the first thing they do is they grab their phone. Yeah. And then that goes on social media. So yeah. um, it's truly, really, man, I, this, is, this is what it's about. Um, you know, and, and Dano really kind of encompassed me. And I would say over the last several months of opening up, you know, he's had a challenge too. Like, so this would be one of the challenges of like understanding there's different levels of chefs. So he came from a hotel and stadium. So like a like a baseball stadium. Yeah. He was actually at an arena. Yeah. That's a different style of cater, of cooking yeah. than a restaurant. And so really for him, it's been a, a struggle in a sense of not the art of cooking and coming up with dishes because he's amazing at that. It's the speed of the restaurant because it's different than when you go and you cook, you know, for 400 volume. people. Yeah. Volume yeah. versus 400 people over the course of eight hours yeah. and prepping for that. So, but... The cool thing about it and what I love about him, and it's hard to find, even with Mike, my GM, is that they give a shit. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's like, you know, and the other thing too is, is he communicates. Like he just told me the other day, he's like, hey, boss, I'm having problems with X, Y, and Z. Can you help me? Can mm -hmm. you teach me 
your way? Can you teach me how to do this? I know how to do this, this, and this, but I'm struggling with this and this. Can you help me? Mm. Wait, did he just say the key word? I'm yeah. going to help you? Yeah. Boom, there's the yeah. key word. And so it's like, those are the things that I like. And it's like, you know, the first month we opened up, I gave them a crazy goal. And again, this goes back to like taking care of your employees. Like, hey guys, we meet this crazy goal. I'm taking out this really nice steakhouse down in the city. And I don't, not only am I going to take you to the steakhouse in the city, but I'm bringing your wives with. Mm. Well, why are you going to bring our wives with? Because they are also sacrificing to help this business be successful because you're at the store so much. So they met their goal and I went, my wife went, my son went, they went and so did their wives. And so it's like, you know, when we win, we win together, we celebrate together. And now we have a next crazy goal. And that is when our whole entire restaurant meets this crazy goal. We're going to close for a day and I'm taking all my employees, including the managers and chef and kitchen guys, dishwasher, everything that we're, we're going to close for a day and we're going to go to a baseball game. What's the crazy goal? Uh, $250,000 in one month. Wow. Dude, let me know when it happens. Yeah, so we <laughs> so we did it at Barbecue Productions when we first opened. It, uh, it was in our first year. Uh, I believe it was month 10 or month 11 we hit it, and we closed down. We've done, like, four company outings, and it's a blast, man. Like, yeah. And, again, like, still being humble but showing the community, like, hey, this is what we do. We take care of our employees. We make it. We make them part of the story. We make them part of the journey. But – Again, it goes back to that that whole entire thing, what I work for me. And it's like, you know, if there's no end game in sight, you know, and there's no reason that I, I see, like, where the vision's going as an employee, why would I want to work there? Yep. And so, like, constantly being able to ask myself, like, hey, would I work for me? If I say no, I better change what I'm doing. Mm. So one other thing I'm curious about, because you don't see a lot of these, but you see a lot of them at the trade shows and, like, especially over the past like, couple of years is robotics. And I noticed that at uh, Rodrigo uh, Sousa's restaurant, he also has... You know Rodrigo? His, yeah, yeah, I had him on the show as well. Cool. Um, Rodrigo is the man. Uh, his episode actually went live this week while we're out here. But cool. um, you're using the robotics. Is that what's... Is that logistics? Is that shock and awe? Is that like what's what was your strategy behind that? So we we actually booked it at the same show, okay. uh, which is kind of funny. Um, but Rodrigo's awesome, and when we when we did it, you know, for me it was it's different. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw it, I knew nobody was doing it in my area, mm-hmm. and I'm the type of guy when I see something and if no one's else doing it, I I want it. Yeah, I didn't care what it costed, I wanted it. Um, now, logistics-wise, there's also cons to it, just as much as there's pros. You know, but for me, I was looking at, you know, how this would make the job easier for the employees. Because, like, at Station 51, which is where we still have one at, my employees now don't have to make those extra steps in the kitchen. So if you added the number of steps that goes to the kitchen, it's 23 steps from the very first table to where the extra was at. So if I do 23 steps per day times that by, you know, 300 meals... Uh, that comes out to 6,900 steps. Well, 6,900 steps at a second and a half, do the math on it, like I'm already losing track, Yeah. and then times that by 23 cents per step, comes up to a lot of money. Yeah. You know, and so for me, it was like, is this going to be a game changer where I, not only can I save money on what labor. I need the staff to yeah. do, not, not even labor, because what I wanted to be able to do is be able to give my employees the ability to make more money faster. Okay. Because think about it, if my server who's serving our table today doesn't have to go to the kitchen to get their food and the robot brings what it out to them, yeah. they can take more tables. And yeah. so ideally, that was what we wanted to do. And we had it at all of our stores. But what we found is that um, the amount of time that they actually used it was so minimal at some of the other stores that it didn't warrant 
the amount of money that they were actually able to make or save from the, the store end, and it wasn't producing more efficiencies. Yeah. So it didn't work at all the stores, but it, it does work at one store, which is the one you're at today. Yeah, it, it, there is definitely like a shock and all, like especially with the kids. They see that robot going around. They're like, yeah. "Oh my god!" It's- but believe it or not, we've had, we've had people say like, "Oh my god, I won't come there because you have robots." <laughs> well, you know, you can't make everybody. I know that's, that's um, ten percent. But which robot is it? Same one he's got. Is bear, it bear? Bear robotics. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting to see where. I mean, it's 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 happening. Robots yep. are making their way. Yep. The and, and it's funny because you know I saw them at the NRA show this year. I mean, they got robot bartenders coming out. So does the expo have to program where to go? Like when they load so they it map up? it for you, yeah. and then like for example, when the uh, expo puts it on the thing, he says this is going to table nine. You just hit table. Does he talk nine. to it, or does, is there like a number pad? Uh, no, number. There's an iPad on the back, like an iPad screen. Got it. So you hit table nine, hit go, and then it goes. Okay. Cool. Interesting. Um, so, Anything we haven't talked about up to this point that you, you feel like needs to, to, to make it to the conversation, advice, tips, things you wish you knew back when you were getting started in 2014 that you, that you know now, that you wish you knew then? I would say, uh, again, you know, we, we talked about it a few times tonight, staying humble. Mm-hmm. You know, staying humble, um, I, I truly try not to make it about I, mm-hmm. and I try to use the word we all the time. Um, you know, when somebody tells me, or if I ask somebody, you know, Reinhardt versus Cisco or performance versus Reinhardt, you know, hey, what do you do better or what is the difference between you and X, Y, and Z? And one of the biggest turnoffs is when they say like, oh, like this, that place sucks. This place doesn't do this. They don't do this. They don't like, no, 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 no. Tell me about what you can do better. Tell me about you. And so it's kind of the same exact thing here. It's like, you know, like what's, what makes us different? Not me. What makes me different? Like what makes us, the company different? And so, you know, learning from mistakes is also very important. You know, tr- trying to make sure that um, when I do make a mistake, it's okay. Like, I don't have to always be perfect, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, but learning from when I do make those when I do make those mistakes, learning from them. And so, I mean, there's been times in the past that like, I fired somebody. And I look back, you know, now like a year later, I'm like, man, I should never have fired that person. Yeah. Like, man, I fired him for something stupid. I guess. Yeah. So it's like, but again, that's where it's like. Not being cocky, not having an ego. You know, it's like when somebody says, like, hey, I went to your restaurant. I really enjoyed it. I say the same thing every single time. Thank you so much for supporting me and my business. Yeah. You know, thanks for supporting our staff. Thanks for, you know, yeah. you know, without you, I can't be who I am today. And even if we lose somebody that says, like, oh, I'll never come to your restaurant because you guys gave me cold french fries. I'm sorry we couldn't make you happy. And I'm mm. sorry that we, you know, made a mistake. Our staff make mistakes all the time. I make mistakes all the time. But, you know, and I always use this analogy to people all the time. It's like, listen. You know, I, Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl one year, but I guarantee you that year they still still had fumbles, yeah. they still threw interceptions, and they still lost football games, but they won the game. Yeah, they won the. the and, season, and the right? same thing with for us, like you know, like I have a lot of analogies and stuff like that. But you know, stay home, stay hungry, uh, always be opening to learning, and make sure you take care of your staff. Yeah. So the follow up question to is there anything we did not talk about that you want to talk about? A reminder that the mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. How have you transformed? I feel like you just answered that question. You really kind of talked about what you've done differently and how you evolved. But um, beyond how you evolve, I'm really trying to figure out how we as an industry can evolve and what we can be doing better. So what do you think needs to change about the industry? Like, where is the industry now? Where do you think the industry needs to be to be a better industry? So I think, I hate to go back to it, but it's just so true, man. Like, I think employees have gotten shit on for mm-hmm. so long. 
you know, especially with COVID. Yeah. You know, people have left this industry like crazy. You can't blame them. I don't either. You yeah. know, like I I support my staff like crazy, and I always tell them, listen, if you do something and you make the wrong decision, I will always support you on the floor. I will always defend you. At the end of it, when it's all over, I might tell you how to do it differently next time. Yeah. But I always got your back. Yeah. And that's important, mm-hmm. you know. And so. Um, I really think that making sure that like our employees, like I just found out tonight, like, dude, this is like awesome. Like I got to, I got to share this story with Please. you real quick. So I don't know if you saw Luis, who was my, my back house area manager, the Hispanic guy over there. Yeah, yeah. So he's been with me for six years, five, six years. And he goes, hey, hey. he goes, the guys at Lake Zurich, they asked if you okay. And I'm like, if I'm okay, yeah, they miss you. And I'm like, what? They want to know when you're coming to visit. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you haven't been to the store in four months. That's crazy. Like, they want you to come visit so they can say hi. You're joking me, right? <laughs> like, no, they actually miss you. <laughs> and he goes, can you come visit this weekend? And I'm like, yeah. And he showed me his phone, and it was from one of the guys saying, hey, can you ask Chris to come say hi to us? How'd that make you feel? Dude, like... Do you hear ever hear a new restaurant employee no, manager say, like, like, we want the boss. Where's the boss? Yeah. Like, no. But I, I don't ever say that. Like, like they always say boss man or boss. It's like, no, we're on the same field. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're on the same, like, we're on the same, same team. And it's like, but it's this. It's wanting them to be involved with this, you know? And it's like the whole situation of, like, you know, buying a, a savior of the car or, you know, for example, uh, uh, Luis just went on vacation with his family probably about two months ago. And he's been with me for six years, man. That's loyalty. Yeah. You know, like one of the key things to me is loyalty. Mm-hmm. If you're loyal, Steve Brown, yeah. 20 employees, 20 years or more. Loyalty is important. So he's like, hey, hey, boss, I'm going on vacation with the family. All right, cool. Where are you going? I'm going to the Wisconsin Dells. Cool. What are you doing? He's like, I got an Airbnb. We're going to go to the water park, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, cool. I was like, uh, did you already get the Airbnb? He's like, yeah. I was like, my wife and I are looking for an Airbnb. I said, can I see your Airbnb, Airbnb like that you got? He's like, yeah. So he pulls up, shows on the phone. I'm like, is that what you paid for the Airbnb? He's like, yeah, for the 10 days, it was $2,600. Pull out my checkbook. I wrote him a check, $2,600. I said, I got your Airbnb for the week. Nice. And he's like, but why? I'm like, dude, look what you do for me. Yeah. I was like, you literally run my restaurants. You run like, you allow me to go. To, I went to WrestleMania this year at my son. I've never done that. That's like my bucket list item. Yeah. Like, you allow me to do that. Like, he's like, boss, nobody's ever done that for me. And it's like, but you do a lot for me. Mm. And he gives me a hug and says, I love you, man. Like, that's not employee shit that happens. That's like, that's that's powerful, man. Yeah. And it's like, and that's what I think is difficult to really, like, make people understand. Again, and you said this a little bit ago, you can't make everybody happy. But there's more to it to that that I wish people in general got to see, mm. you know. And it's like, you know, I, I had somebody come in here one time and they're like, "Oh, hey, I worked, I, I, I work for you. Uh, I've been here for two weeks. You know, uh, when are you going to buy me a car?" It's like it doesn't work like that, you know. Like there's stuff that you have to show, like loyalty and stuff like that, because like that gets out there and it's okay. Like I want people to know that, like I want people to know, like, hey, you can come here and you have a home. Like we hope this is the last place you ever work. Um, but hearing those stories, like, hey. The guys want you to come visit them, you know, taking the employee, taking the manager and the employees and bringing them here. And it's like Mike, my GM uh, for, for Antioch, 
you know, he lived across the street from my mom for you know, however long it was, but I've known him for almost 20 years. Yeah. You know, it's like text messages he sent me today. He's like, thank you so much for including me and everything you guys are doing this weekend. He's like, I love you, man. Like, that's what it's about. Like, it's about that respect thing. And the other thing, too, like, I've had employees, like, I had an old GM that worked for me. We're still friends to this day. He just wanted to move on and more opportunities and see what's out there. Um, his name was Kane. But to this day, again, we're on the same team. And, again, one day we and him, were, it was right when COVID happened. The shutdowns were happening. And uh, we're working in the kitchen. And it was right when the shutdowns happened. And I'm losing my mind. And kind of going back to what we talked about just a little bit ago, like, you know, not being afraid of saying, like, what I work for me. So we're working in the kitchen, and I'm losing my mind, and I just start yelling at Kane, kind of like old old school coming back. And, and he worked for me from the beginning. And he goes, hey. <laughs> he goes, knock it off. And I'm like, knock what off? He's like, you're being an asshole again. And I started losing my mind, and I started losing my shit. And so he goes, fuck you and I said what and he goes fuck you and I was like holy shit I'm sorry dude and it caught my mind like holy shit I was going back to what I used to be mm-hmm. but having the respect to know most people would say like, oh, if an employee told me to go fuck off I'd fire him I'm like okay cool then you'd have no employees Yeah, you know but like I had more respect for him that he told me to go fuck myself. Yeah, and also that you created the space the where he felt comfortable. Yeah, and so you. it's like you know, even to this day, like we still talk. You know, like he comes in the restaurant. He said he, I wish him nothing, nothing but great things. Yeah. You know, he's with me, he's with me for eight years. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I always look for people. It's like, listen, if you can better yourself, you know, because there's not always going to be the perfect opportunity here. And so that's the one bad thing I guess you can say is we are a small business owner. We're a small restaurant, so unfortunately, you know. This goes back to the Fred and his systems. We know what we can pay. And so, yes, I'd love for all my employees to make $100,000 a year. But at the end of the day, the business can afford what the business can afford. Yeah. And so we, unfortunately, lose a lot of good talent because you can go to, like I just found out the other day, Portillo's pays their GMs one hundred and twenty-five grand wow. a year. I don't even make that in a year. That's crazy. You know, maybe eventually, but like, like that's crazy. Yeah. So it's like, we just we had we had a jam here at this store that was amazing. Her name was Candace, and she went to Raising Canes. Raising Canes, their managers only have to work one weekend a month, and they make like eighty grand. That's crazy. I can't compete with that. So yeah. we lose a lot of good talent, and unfortunately because of that. But um, you know, like I said, we, we we truly try to make this something different and you know special. And uh, I, I couldn't be any happier with where I've gone, where I've came from where i'm at but uh, you know again uh truly the heartbeat of what i do and the heartbeat of my company is my employees and the second one right underneath that would be the community and i yeah. guess they go really intertwined together because without the community i'm nothing yeah man I, i'm i'm loving this conversation dude i really love that did i cut you short no no, no i'm just I, I, was, I was literally just gonna say like uh you didn't cut me short but i just to kind of recap like the community is so important yeah and so the employees are so important and it's no longer about me. It's about us. Yes, dude. I love this. One more break to thank our sponsors. We're going to bust out a true speed round. 
It's no secret that restaurants have been hit hard over the past few years, which means restaurant owners and staff have been working harder than ever. Trying to meet the demands of in-person hospitality can be demanding, which is why I recommend Pop Menu Answering. Pop Menu Answering turns every restaurant phone call into an opportunity. It uses artificial intelligence to answer the simple questions that are tying up your phone lines, like, can I make a reservation or where are you located? And over 50% of restaurant guests are happy to have their questions answered by an automated system. With the Pop Menu platform, you can customize answers for your restaurant and you can choose the voice your guests hear and even send follow up links via text message. Pop Menu Answering picks up your phone 24-7, 365 days a year, allowing you and your team to focus on what matters most. Prevent lost customers and impress your guests with Pop Menu Answering. And for a limited time, my listeners can get $100 off your first month plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. Go now to get $100 off for your first month and learn more about PopMenu's full collection of tools at popmenu.com backslash unstoppable. Recently on the show, you've been hearing it come up often. Restaurant Systems Pro. If you've become interested, I highly recommend you sign up for the Restaurant System Pro 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurant tours through the Restaurant Systems Pro software and setting up the system for your restaurant. Fred will be leading the training, supporting you, and holding you accountable. Typically, this costs $10,000 a month to have Fred in your restaurant, but during this no-cost-to-you 60-day training, he will be teaching you every process he does during the group coaching sessions, and nothing will be held back. During the 60 days, Fred will walk you through the Restaurant Systems Pro process and help you crush the following goals. Recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting with accuracy, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, more butts in seats, and that's not it. Often, the team at Restaurant Systems Pro helps restaurateurs out pro bono because their hearts go out to these folks. I mean, it's hard out there, but because of that, a lot of the time these restaurateurs don't follow through because they have no skin in the game. For that reason, there is an application process. Only those serious about making change in their operation will be accepted into this program. Are you interested? Then go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. P. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. RestaurantUnstoppable.com slash RSP. We're back, and the first question I have for you is, what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Humbleness. What is your biggest weakness? My heart. What is one question you ask or thing you look for when you're growing your team? What's your future goals? What are you looking for? Um, one stability. Mm. You know, um, this is not one word or one sentence here, but um, <laughs> I want to know why they want to work for us. Yeah. Really, is what it comes down to. 
you know, a lot of them know who we are. Yeah. And, and I want them to, like, if they just say, like, oh, I'm looking for a job or whatever. It's like, you're not going to fit. Yeah. What is your biggest challenge today? <laughs> Easy. Product shortages. Can't Pro- control. Product shortages? Product sh- uh, supply and demand. Like, I, I can't get stuff. Yeah. I can deal with COVID any day of the week. I can overcome any of that. But this, or, you know, I, I put a food order in, you know, 400 items I order. And I get two fifty three hundred. I I just can't. There's, it's it's literally annoying. How are you overcoming it? <laughs> Multiple food distributors. Yeah. Uh, share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team. So this is um, a core value, a way to be, a way to act. Be somebody for somebody. And I, I mean, I got to throw one more in there. Yep. Be somebody for somebody and experiences. Mm. So and the only reason I say that is before my mom passed away. Like I always told her, like mom, there's so much in this world for you to experience. And since she passed away, like, I always try to take advantage of, like, I took my son to WrestleMania this year. I've been to other countries, like, seeing stuff. Like, there's so much beautiful stuff, and she never traveled, never got to see any of it. Don't be afraid to do something, and don't be afraid to spend money on an experience. Yeah. Uh, what is one uncommon standard of service? So something that you do within the four walls of your restaurants, but that's not common throughout the industry. Three seconds of attachment and three seconds of detachment. What is that? So it's one of the rules I have. So when you walk into my restaurant... My employees have three seconds to greet you from the minute you walk in the door, and also the reverse. They have three seconds from the time you walk out to say goodbye. Mm. I feel that it's very important, and one of the worst ones out there that do this is Red Lobster. You walk in Red Lobster, and you'll literally sit there for six, seven, eight minutes sometimes without anybody even greeting you. It's the most awkward feeling in the world. <laughs> so to me, it's so important that as soon as somebody walks in within three seconds, that we, I don't care how busy we are, you better say hello. Yeah. Uh, what is one book that's a must-read that makes a better person or restaurant owner? A book? Yeah, one book. I haven't read a book in my life. <laughs> Playboy. I mean, okay, we'll take I'm it. I'm just kidding. I've never read. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. I, I will say one book. There's yeah. one book that I read. Uh, I don't even remember what it's called, but it's about a guy in Kansas City named Larry Stewart. It has nothing to do with restaurants, but it's really a good read. Larry Stewart, Secret Santa. And it's about a guy who was a cable salesman that he walked around giving away $100 bills. And Elf 32A? Yep. <laughs> Honestly, there's a book. Yeah. It, I, I don't read books. I, I don't have time. I don't, have, I, I don't like to read. Mm-hmm. But he has a book. If you can find it, buy it, download it, whatever you got to do. It literally, I read it in probably two days, and I cried through most of it because it's just that moving. It's emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is one thing you feel restaurateurs don't do well enough or often enough? Uh, take care of their employees. What is one piece of technology you've recently adopted within your restaurants that's had a huge impact on communication, efficiency, profitability, anything along those lines? Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. You, did you just start using it? No, but I mean, it, it's how I tell my story. Yeah. You know, it, it's how I communicate with the public and you, you can do so much with it. Yeah. And this is the last question. It's a doozy. Get ready for it. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work, and your restaurants would be lost with your departure, with the exception of three pieces of wisdom that you could leave behind for the good of humanity and for your legacy. What would those three pieces of wisdom be? Give a shit. One. Stay humble. Two. Actually, I just learned this yesterday. I'm going to start doing it. Nice. Learn it on TikTok. Write more thank you notes. Write more. Thank I'm sorry. Notes. The key word of that: handwrite more thank you notes. Mm. 
I love it, man. Thank you so much, dude. Honestly, it's been a lot of fun sitting here sharing your story. I, I love your energy. I love your passion. Um, we wrap up every episode by calling somebody out. I'm really trying to get to the point where the majority of my guests are people who are admired in the industry and need to be made an example of. So if you found out that I was making an example of somebody, who is that person or who are those people that you would absolutely tune in to listen to their story? I already think I have a feeling I know who one of them is. Steve Brown? Yep. <laughs> um, here's the thing. They're mostly in our group. Steve yeah. Brown, um, Mark Link. And I got to be honest with you, there's a guy who's not in our group that that – He's amazing. He's in the barbecue industry, but his name is Big Ed. Big Ed. Where is he? Waukegan. So not too far from here. Okay. Big Ed's barbecue. He, uh, just a quick story on him. Uh, when I opened up my very first restaurant, you know, barbecue productions, third lake, we're only, you know, probably 10 minutes from him. Big before we get ready to open, he comes into my restaurant and he's like, hi, I'm Big Ed. Congratulations. Welcome to the restaurant industry. If you ever need anything, here's my number. Call That's me. awesome. And to this day, we're really great friends. He's amazing. You know, stuff's happened to him. I'll give him a call. Hey, you need help with this? You need help with that? Stuff happens to me. I mean, he's my barbecue brother, and we're 10 minutes away from each other. That's what but it's all about, man. Po- like, like we say all the time, there, and people, <laughs> here's a funny analogy that I don't know if you realize this. Barbecue guys hang out with barbecue guys. Pizza guys don't hang out with pizza guys. Why is that? Is it too competitive? Like what's Again, man, so many people like Is it the Greeks and the Italians don't get along? <laughs> like what's going on? People are not humble, bro. Like <laughs> and you ask this question already, like what's like what's something that needs to change in this industry? Like we're all in this together. Like let's help each other. Yeah. Like back to like what you're doing with your with your podcast here, like there's so many restaurant owners that like I wish in my community alone, like there's a few of them like Hey guys, like let's get there like once a week and like talk about like no, but like the other one wants to motherfuck the other one about like oh like <laughs> hey I'm gonna steal your employees and like he's like dude like let's all help each other out you yeah. know but it's like everyone wants to throw everybody under the rug and cut shade on everybody and it's like man like there's have to be that we way. could all be here for each other but man just love your neighbor yeah man I've loved this conversation if, if somebody listens to this and, and they want to connect with you if they have questions if if they want to maybe come work for you what's the best way to connect. Uh, Facebook uh, is our best option. Our, our website, wegrillitall.com for barbecue productions. Um, we, but, we grill it all.com. Yeah, so we were going to do We Smoke It All, but we figured we'd attract the wrong crowd. So, uh, <laughs> or a very hungry crowd. That yeah. would have uh, been a good clientele. So we went with We Grill It All. Um, I'd tell you for Station 51, you can call us, but yeah, that ain't going to work. I'd say you can hit us up on Facebook. You could actually on there. We don't have a website, but uh, yeah, our biggest thing is Facebook. Um, I'm an open book. Um, you know, my email address, if anyone wanted to email me, is Chris, K-R-I-S, at wegrillitall.com. And uh, I'm, I'm honestly an open book. I I know you said you had fun here, but, like, I enjoy this too, man. Like, it is fun. It, I, it, it's a blast. Like, I just, I, Would you I, believe we're already at two hours of recording time? Over two hours of recording time. I did not know that. It goes by fast. Yeah, like, but it's fun when you could share it with somebody. Like, I could tell you're passionate about it as well. Mm. You know, like when I met you at my house the other night, I had no clue who you were. And obviously, I've hung out with you the last two days. And it's like. asshole with a pineapple. (laughs) No, but like, even when I met you the first night at my house, and I was like, wait, so what do you do? And I was like, remember I told you, like, I don't know what a podcast is. (laughs) Like, uh, you're not the only one. Yeah. So it's like, but now that, like, I've I've, I've hung out with you the last two days, like, you're a pretty cool dude. And, And the fact that, like, number one, like, 
I'm sorry, I haven't listened to any podcasts. I don't know like what about it. Like when people tell me they they listen to it, like people who I have on the show tell me that they listen to it, I'm still like, you do? Yeah, I'm still blown away. So, but like, like I said, I think it's cool. But like, truly, like I enjoyed this. I think more than you did. You I know. enjoyed it. I'm sorry if I'm a little tired. No, no, no. no, no. Like <laughs> it is 1:30 a.m. East Coast. Don't time. <laughs> don't take it that way. Take it as like I enjoy talking Good. about I'm like happy. about what we do yeah. because I feel like it's like and it's crazy because like every time like I talk about something about the restaurant, I'm an emotional person. So like usually I always get emotional talking about my mom passing, and it doesn't anymore. But like Station 51 is bringing that back. Because it's so freaking awesome that I I wish she was here to experience what the atmosphere mm. and the energy is. And what's crazy about Station 51, and then we'll tie this up here, but after about 7 or 8 o'clock at night, the energy inside that restaurant flips. Mm. Everybody feels it. Everybody notices it. And it's just moving, man. Like, it makes... It's just cool. It's so cool, especially on a Friday, Saturday night. Like the the feel, the lighting, the energy. The it's just awesome, and and that's what's making this fun. Like I'll not, be back, man. After eight o'clock, I want to experience it. <laughs> We're about to get the, uh, the. I'm hoping to get a van. I'm going to be on the road, man. I'm, I'm going to 100 percent on site interviews. That's cool. It's going to be tough, but uh, I'll be back for sure. Where are you from again? New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Man. Yeah. Did I cut you short? Were you going to finish? No, no, I'm good. Dude, I, this has been a lot of fun. Thank man. you so much uh, for having me. Thank you so much. I, I, can't, I can't do what I do without people like you being so generous with their time and knowledge. Of course. So, so thank you. There is no question. Well, see, I can't even talk right now. I'm getting tired. <laughs> there is no questioning, Chris. You are unstoppable. Thank you, sir. Cheers. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guest today, Chris Schoenberger, for coming on, getting emotional. And man, I love your story of just taking that leap. I'm rereading Traction right now because we're actually getting the authors, uh, Michael Payton and uh, Gino Wickman on the show to discuss some uh, new new projects they're working on. But in that book, uh, Traction, they talk about just letting go of the vine and, and having faith and just starting and and just getting 1% better every day and that's exactly what Chris has done he he took that leap of faith he got started he had the help, the help of his mother uh, encouraging him and she said I'm here to help you I'll help and you know he's just that that mentality of I'll help he he just knows that that the universe is there to help him and whether that his mom's behind that or whatever it's just some just that mentality of just go to start and just and just show up and get one percent better every day you can tell that mindset has been serving chris really well awesome stuff and this is i think i want to say this is our second of the restaurant system pro interview so i was flown out to uh the border of illinois and milwaukee or illinois in wisconsin uh to uh, be a part of a mastermind. It was actually Chris Schoenberger who was hosting that mastermind with restaurant systems pro, uh, just to kind of be a fly on the wall and to, to take in how this software is helping restaurant tours and the community, uh, that's laid on top of this software is so impressive. And if you want to be a part of it and have the same success that Chris has had and that Peter Sclafani has had, and we have Steve Brown coming on uh, later in the week, they, they tell their success stories. It's really impressive. Uh, head over to restaurant slash 
RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro or head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 916 to find the Restaurant Systems Pro link in the show notes. And if you use that link to sign up with Restaurant Systems Pro before September 1st, then you will be included in a 60-day training. And I'm telling you what's impressive about Restaurant Systems Pro isn't just the technology, but it's the community that you get on top of that. It's really impressive. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thank you so much for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out.